11th episode of the UU Hawka Show. This is Sarah, Hannah, I'm Megan. I'm Patrick, I think. Joe. All right. Um, and last time we saw Yusuke and the boys take out a legendary crew of shinobi who mistakenly thought common hobbies were more important than shared values. This week, they fight people who invert, va- who invert values. Also, Yusuke receives the gift, quote-unquote, of someone you never guess. You better get ready. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're going to start out with episode 43. Uh, the English title is The Mask Fighter Revealed. In Japanese, it's The Mask Warrior's Stern Face! Exclamation <laughs> point. So, basically what happens in the episode is the spirit beast of Yusuke, as his ordeal succeeding his death a year ago, has hatched, resembling that of Penguin, mm. now named Pooh. Team Yermeshi, <laughs> in the meantime, catches a glimpse of Team Toguro in the stadium. The masked fighter takes Yusuke into the forest to reveal herself to be... Dun-dun-dun-dun! Genkai! Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> I don't believe it. I didn't see it coming. No one saw it coming. But I'm not really a fan of Genkai revealing herself to Yusuke. It's kind of... Uh, okay, there's, well, there's more jokes about that made later. Anyways, <laughs> continue. She begins the final step of their training in order to perfect Yusuke's spirit gun. Fancy. Wow, it got worse from there. So, like, what are your general thoughts on this episode, guys? Like, oh man, I, I can't believe we found out who the mass fighter is after all this time. After all this time, we couldn't have possibly fucking known. <laughs> we can't say who's the mass fighter anymore because we know who the mass fighter we is. We know. No more jokes. No more jokes. It's, it's interesting how like they did the voice acting too, like because it kind of feels abrupt in some places. Like mm-hmm. she'll say one sentence as like the young, pretty. 20 year old Genkai, and then like immediately it's Grandma Genkai, like next sentence. And Shut up, Dimwit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, somehow she's nicer as a 20-year-old than she is as, like... <laughs> to be fair, I think after years of being jaded, I would probably be a lot meaner than I am now. Right, but it's the yeah. same brain in the 20-year-old's body. It's not like she well, got... Well, what's in right? her cells? So, I mean, brain cells, probably. No, I, I, I think... Mm, that is a good point, that it's, like, the same brain. And so she should still be... Like, I just guess... as gruff toward him as a... As a 20-year-old. Not, like, rough, like, in her voice, but, like, mean in her mannerisms. There's a bit of the way that she speaks that feels, like, overly formal. Mm -hmm. So, you can tell that she's still, like, distanced in a way. Like, like, you know, very above you in some way, but you're not sure how. Because I have a feeling when Genkai was actually 20, she might have spoken very differently. Right. Because, like, I doubt that she was as uh, world-wary as she comes off in, like, you know, everything else. Yeah. Her, the way she talks, at least in the English dub, it sounds like she's very distant, like standoffish. Like you don't really get, to, which kind of like diverts attention from her in a lot of ways. Versus like her usual voice when she's her actual age is very like commanding in a way. It's like, yeah. hey, listen to me kind of thing. But it's engaged. Yeah. So like it's very like, kind of like, like it's a past voice. <laughs> for Paskin Kai. Mm. Paskin Kai. She's like dreamy. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Very dreamy. Like anytime like you cut to her, it's just like a huh, like hi, I'm Genkai. Versus like Oh I don't know, maybe I think I might have taken dreamy slightly differently. Well how do you take it? I took it more like 
it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah, that's not, that makes more sense, actually. Yeah, not, like, you know, she is physically that person, but that, like, it's temporary, fleeting, and, like, yeah. it's going to just, like, fade Ooh. away. You know, like youth. <laughs> no, straight up, there is some depressing... Like, she really does talk about, like, her own mortality and, mm-hmm. like... How, like, this was her best self was when she was in her 20s, and as all we are in our 20s. Oh, that's too real. I'm glad that we're all still in our 20s. Yeah. I have a bit of time left. Yeah. You were yeah. technically in your, right? Yeah, I am yeah, still okay, in my okay, 20s. Yeah. I have a bit of time left. Yeah. Before yeah. I become an old hag and yeah. have to train a young boy. And then you're just declining after that. Apparently, that's how Genkai's life went. That's the theme went. of this season. Yeah. No, straight up, though. Well, like... So, oh, I can't wait for next episode. Let's episodes. get into more about, like, the beginning of the episode where it kind of goes into Yusuke and the spirit egg. Oh, yeah. Before I we forgot s- about that, honestly. Yeah, before we start that, can we talk about how he definitely threw that egg into a fire yeah. earlier in the series, but it's back? Listen, we have a lot of questions we have to ask. Like, why ultimately does, does Joki turn people younger? Oh, no, it's, I mean, it's Reiki, but, like... Reiki, sorry. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of just, like, a general thing in, like, you know, East Asian uh, mysticism is the idea that, like, uh, life force has, like, both, like, youthful properties and also just general vitality. But the thing is that it never happened to anybody but Genkai. Well, so Genkai basically said... Well, there's a reason. She said that it only happens when you channel 100%, and to this point, Genkai is the most advanced spirit energy user we've ever met. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, and, like, so you can kind of view it like uh, Hamon and Jojo and how it, like, keeps people young except in an acute form where it's, like, oh, yeah, it makes you instantly young as opposed to, like, looking like uh, like in, you're in your 30s when you're 70. I gotcha. Well, even that's debatable with Joseph, though. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, we, let's, we'll save that for our Jojo cast. <laughs> Next week. Look forward to it. But, uh, but, yeah, I did, um, yeah, some of the stuff doesn't really make sense, but I just kind of accepted at this point, like, with the egg, I just kind of assumed that it didn't really die, but it uh, acknowledged the sacrifice and just respawned. Oh, yeah. I guess respawning is a good way to put it. That because, would... like, because, like, if you think about it, the egg, like, notice, like, realize the sacrifice, but, oh, maybe the sacrifice was so big, it protected it, and it just went back to where its origin was. That makes sense. I could believe that. Or Koina must have been like, Koina must have been like, oh, well, here it is. <laughs> you just picked it up and was like, okay, cool. I'll just we'll keep this until the plot needs it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, it got it got plot armor. Yeah, I forgot how. Did we see Poo at all? Like before this point, like this no. episode. Yeah, no, I this mean, it just, it just hatched. Yeah, but it just okay because I completely forgot. Like I was, I don't know when I was watching it, but I was, I was like, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, like, the keychain charm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's what that thing was. I always saw pictures and like images of that. I didn't know what that was. Oh yeah, you're yeah. just like, why? How does this have to do with you, Hawk Show? Yeah. I thought it was like a dumb, dumb pet animal that comes. In the later seasons, like hey, I mean, I'm that's not entirely that's inaccurate. Basically, what it is? <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like he just flies. Hey, I'm this creature thing now. I'm your he, friends. He does some cool things at various points, like but later like in this cast, we're going to talk about the most mm-hmm. emotional piece. Almost, oh yeah. yeah. There's there's only one. There's two other scenes in the entire series where Pooh does something like really important. Yeah, yeah, like one one when Pooh's grown a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... <laughs> but overall, would you say it's just a big, giant pile of poo? I mean, no, it's a little tiny poo. It's a tiny poo. So if you guys don't know or, like, just watch the this part of the episodes, but basically poo is a reflection of Yusuke, so you think it's going to be some tough, rough, <laughs> buff kind of thing. It ends up looking like 
a penguin plush. It, it looks so <laughs> cute. Like, it looks kind of like a Furby. Yeah. No. yeah. Straight up, it's a Furby with like longer ears. Yeah. Yes. If you yeah. put a Furby and attached it to, like, like, combine a Furby, a bunny, and Botsmaru. Yeah. You have, yeah, you have. And Club Penguin. Yeah, so only 90 kids would remember. I, <laughs> I mean, never played. Hashtag, hashtag only 90, 90 kids, kids would remember. But like, yeah. So, um, really cute voice, it's like poo poo, and then apparently in the Latin American version, it's like poo poo, <laughs> and I'm just like, why? I'm like, did you just get like your grandfather to come in and do this voice? It was very weird. It's like the same guy who does Yusuke's voice. No, no, it's deeper. It's deeper. Yeah, when I when I saw it, yeah, this was like my first time, like, because I I definitely watched a lot of episodes of the Spanish version back in the day, but I don't think I ever saw any episodes with poo. So when I got to this, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's an interesting decision. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if like cute animals like generally tend to have like derpy deeper voices in Spanish oh, stuff. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. This is a question. It's an open question, but like, I don't know. It's just like it'll be funny. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, basically about it. like, oh, pool. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I, I, I watched some like old Spanish dubs that um like of like ancient cartoons like Betty Boop and stuff. And some of the voices were really weird on that on the choices for that. Hmm. I wonder, like, because, you know, that that would have been so early that I wonder if it was based more on, like, non-animated stuff. Like, the choices were like, oh, this is the voice people do in musical theater. Or, like, yeah. this is voices people do in the Mexican equivalent of, like, vaudeville. Stuff like that. Maybe. The thing is, is that I think even if, if like, one of the things I thought about was maybe it's just, uh, just bad voice acting, but... My thing is like I mean, those bad, intersect. I mean, even if it's bad, though, may, I mean, it's there's still some roots in sort of the like the the mentality of choosing the voice. So yeah, like you have a certain character trait. So maybe there's something in Spanish that's different than America that would make it go to a deeper voice rather than a higher pitch voice. I mean, you can even see that in English, like with this anime versus like newer anime. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. Like for some, like all the weird ass accents they decide to put on. Like I don't know, I haven't seen an English dub of like a current anime, but. Did they did they quit it with their fake really bad British accents finally uh, or like is that still it a thing? Is that a trope? Con- it just I depends on the enough. context of like what the show is. Uh-huh. So didn't Bacchino? Uh, which one? Didn't Bacchino have a lot of, a lot of bad New York accents? Oh yeah, but they were trying to be like oh, um, oh, I forgot Bacchino. <laughs> they were trying to like I guess be um, like. Keep it culturally, like culturally and historically um, relevant. Yeah, yeah. accurate yeah. for okay. better or for worse. Some people pull it off better than others. <laughs> I don't know. I I love dubs. Hate on me if you want, but I watch them all the time. So it's definitely one of those things where they're kind of like the same studios and these the same actors yeah. because the actors actually build a fan base which attracts people to watch the doves mm. that's why with Funimation for the longest time you kept on hearing yeah you hear in him in like 500 roles and it isn't only up to recently that they realized that now that there's technology to actually record people from not just Texas, but from across the country. No, Texas is the whole world. Come yeah. on. <laughs> so they can Should actually they pull in, like, newer talent. And plus, older voice actors are starting to look to, like, video games or Western cartoons for yeah. different work. Because it yeah. honestly yeah. pays more. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was yes. thinking of another, like, so I, I don't watch, like, a ton of 
like dubs of recent anime. I watched like a lot of dubs back in the day because that was you know kind of what was available. But I just thought of a show that has a bunch of really shitty accents in the English version, JoJo. Uh, I was saying the same thing with yeah, that part season two. two. Yeah, oh my god, because they're like, oh, we're in Europe and there's Nazis, and the main character is British, but he's from New York, and so like there's just a bunch of really shitty accents flying everywhere. <laughs> it's, imagine, it's amazing. Imagine when part five gets a dub. Oh yeah, everyone's so gonna have an Italian. Part action. five takes place in Italy. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> I'm the love child of the two main characters of the first show, and we all just have terrible Italian accents. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna, gonna get wild with the story when it gets the pookie. Though. They could just do it the live action way and just give everyone a British accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, you have a European accent. You're British now, baby. <laughs> Everyone's British. <sighs> oh, so, so you, oh, oh. <laughs> so we're just gonna go head into the Karama and he are watching like the next fight. So Team Yuratogi, um, which. Their match lasts about two minutes, so that pretty much sets them as <laughs> probably else. someone to look out for. Okay, yeah. the thing that bothered me with this match was that, like, and this kind of bothers me with, like, a lot of, like, continue, continue, what is that called? Continuity. Continuity. Continuity yeah. within, like, shows in general. Yeah. But, like, the audience seems to only see what we see. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, where, where they're just like, oh, how could we have known about that transformation? It's like, you guys were literally watching them yesterday. What the fuck are you talking about? But, like, also that, like, so, like, at one point, Hiei, they do this fast exchange type thing, and everyone's like, oh, they're still bantering, like, nothing oh, happened. Yeah. And, like, oh, did you pee yourself? Like, I'm pretty sure that was the line. And it's, like, red and bloody. It's like, oh, yeah, he pissed blood. Like, that's how it works. Yeah, it's like, oh, do you have a STD? I really, you should get that checked out, my friend. We're, we're worried about you. Uh, but, you know, it turns out that he speedily cut off the dude's hand, right? Yeah. Apparently didn't matter, but he cut off his hand, guy didn't feel until he looked at it. But, like, the audience doesn't figure that out until the we figure it out, yeah. right? Yeah. To be Which fair, Which is, though, like, the people behind PA are supposed to see his arm, like, the arm right there. Like, the people to the side of the other guy are gonna see, like, at least an arm missing or kind of notice it. So I think the arm missing would be less obvious, but I do think Hiei having an arm would be obvious. So, like, the people behind Hiei should be like, that's a fucking arm. While the other people are like, oh yeah, what happened? Well, yeah. the thing is that we don't, the people we cut to look like they're pretty far away from the stages. Mm-hmm. So even, even there, like, I mean, if you ever go to, like, a concert, you need, like, a giant TV to see stuff. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just imagining if I was at a concert and someone's hand got cut off and, like, brought to the other side of the stage really fast, I would be pretty surprised. I'd be like, oh, shit! Oh, did that happen? You haven't been to a Slayer show, have you? <laughs> Goddamn. Um, uh, but, but, like... Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good, you're good. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's funny because, you know, the other members of the team show up and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna watch the match. And then he and Kram are like, it's, uh, it's done. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, like, and so, you know, to kind of continue this theme of, like, the Urotogi theme, of uh, the Urotogi, Ura, Ura Otogi, uh, team being, like, really scary they show up at the like team meeting and they're like hey we're gonna fuck you guys up it's very like high school like you know high school sports team bullshit i just like how all of them got into the corridor all lined up properly fit into frame and they all they all just show up to talk shit and they leave in the same formation imagine that like you got group goals right there yeah, I'm imagining they had to coordinate. They're like, okay, make sure you do not cross each other's line of sight. Yeah. We need to make this look really cool, guys. <laughs> uh, order, who's shortest in front, tallest in back. Like, yeah. You got uh, Shikohara. Oh, Shishawakamaru. So, she's so long. I'm just going to call him Shishi. I, I mean, yeah, I, he, he gets like routinely called Shishi later. Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. 
So, this is what happened in, like, the English dub. <laughs> when he's, like, intimidating Yusuke, um, Yusuke scene, Yusuke is like, you know what, you should just shut up and become, like, a boy band. <laughs> and I, and then Shishiwakamaru is like, his face turns, like, all deformed and demonic, and he's like, well, you think we're gonna get ugly now, you're a messy, watch out! <laughs> it's, it straight up looks like this could have come out of the Karate Kid, just like, a, we'll fuck you guys up later! Just okay, like, but later. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. And so uh, they leave, and then, like, you know, Yusuke is, like, giving him shit, to which, like, Mask calls out Yusuke for being too proud. And it's just like, you know, and then, like, they're about to, like, fucking fight, and Mask just says, the leader of Toguro, the leader of Team Toguro is Toguro. The leader of Team Yurameshi is Yurameshi. Do you have the power to fight Toguro yourself? Just kind of like, you know, I'm fucking taking control right now. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck out of the leader's position. And it's like the first time there's like this internal power struggle and I kind of love it. Mm -hmm. So they step outside as you do when, you know, your uh, ranking is challenged. And uh, shit goes, shit gets real from there. Yusuke kills the masked fighter at the end. That's not at all what happened. <laughs> no. he just, he's like, you know what? I tired of your shit. Director's cut. <laughs> just, just, just like shoots shoots the masked fighter and that's it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he tried, Yusuke would probably die. Yeah, spoilers. That would that would end very Literally. badly. Is it this, this episode? Is this episode where, you know, ta-da, the masked fighter we find out officially is... Genkai! Again, for the third time we've said it today, but like... You know, she turns back and forth between the old lady and the... Mm-hmm. Because at first I think Yusuke thinks that, like, they switched yeah, at a yeah. point, right? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think even he's surprised to find out that it's Genkai. Yeah. And then, like, is is kind of just like, well, then who the hell was that girl? And, like, you know, Genkai like, will elaborate, but she finds a way to show him who that girl was. Mm-hmm. And then Yusuke is all of a sudden grossed out, which... I, to me, that means he was like, oh, she's pretty fucking hot. And then yeah. like, <laughs> he basically does say that. Like, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a track, like, you know. Yeah. That's a pretty girl. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, but, like, what's interesting about this is they, while they're walking outside, they cut to both Koenma and Toguro at different points, both of whom seem to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Koenma, it's not that surprising because, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, he knows. But then Toguro, it's like, why does Toguro know? <laughs> Why does Toguro know? That's weird. Because, like, this is the first point where it's, like, maybe there's something more to the Dark Tournament than just Yusuke versus Toguro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's the mess Toguro? Who's the mess Toguro? Who's really hey, that's, behind Toguro? That's actually a really important question later. <laughs> Toguro doesn't know who the mess Toguro is, which is the saddest part of the... It's the saddest tragedy of this entire show. I'm kind of curious to see him without his glasses on, though. That also happens. That's good. He'll find out. He has two different sets of eyes depending on when you see him, though. Is that poor animation or an actual, like... It's it's an actual thing because they show him earlier and then they show him now and his eyes look totally different, probably partially as an expression of, like, what happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But to reveal that, how strong she is, Yusuke has like, okay, blow up that rock and he... Does his little spirit gun. And... Wait, real quick. Did you watch this part in English or in Japanese? Japanese. I asked, okay, so this part's actually way better in English. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, continue, and then, I, like, you know, you'll, you'll Hannah, Sarah, English. or I can tell you about what happens in the English version, which I like way more. Okay, yeah. so it, it's pretty. It's a pretty standard, I, I'm going to show you my true strength type of scene, where Genkai's like, okay, blow up that rock, and Yusuke's like, cool, roll it up. He blows it up, and then Genkai is like, all right, 
step aside bitch and like picks a mountain and then destroys not just the mountain but everything behind it and then for some reason the, the shot goes like upward <laughs> yeah that's that's a thing that happens like when they do like we, we've talked about the weird dynamics of the spirit gun where it's yeah. like is it a ray is it solid <laughs> like what is it but like when it's the like i'll say the fucking golf ball yeah. it tends to curve like a, a baseball pitch like okay. you, you see this in um that fight Yusuke has in a forest in season three. Right. Oh, like, yeah. 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 Like that one where it just like flies into the space, basically. That's fair. Um, It'll be in a future episode that we'll be watching. Yeah. That was the <laughs> biggest. Anyone who's seen the show and knows it well will know what I'm talking about, but otherwise that's really vague. So what happened in ja- or English then? Trying to remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Just, so basically, what happened was uh, Genkai says, "Oh yeah, blow up that rock." Yusuke does it, and he's like, "That wasn't hard at all." And she's like, "You picked the wrong." Like she, she effectively says, "Like that's not the one I was talking about." Points at the mountain and is like, "That's the one you were supposed to go for." And then he's like, "That's impossible." And then mm. she just blows it up. And, like, it's a slight difference, but I really like the idea that she was basically trying to get Yusuke to aim for a mountain that he couldn't even conceptualize shooting. Mm. That's dope. Yeah. That's some deep... That's some deep shit. Oh, my God, Genkai. Yeah, he, he's just, like, he couldn't even imagine trying to destroy that thing. Like, what the, he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, no. Ray gun measuring contest right here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, characters for this episode, we were introduced to Pooh. Uh, as mentioned, he's Yusuke's spirit beast. He's a reflection of Yusuke's uh, true inner nature and mood. And he resembles a baby bird, like a phoenix. Yeah, um, all the oh, that makes sense. Okay. like all the Team Yurimashi and like all the girls are giving him shit about it. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I really want to rub his belly though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, it does look very rubbable. I just want to like put him against my face. With him. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of so imagine Eeyore. But just like, oh, but just yeah, the head huh. of Eeyore, just like a little hair of Eeyore. But in, in, the head is suddenly turned into a penguin. <laughs> you sound so high right now. <laughs> I'm that guy's guy, that guy's guy. Like, imagine Eeyore, but like fucking dope. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Pooh does some various things throughout the series and demonstrates some minor spiritual abilities that will show up later. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's mainly like a cute mascot rather than like he's plot relevant at points but mostly as a vehicle for things rather than like being a separate agent mm-hmm. yeah but i mean to be fair he is a reflection of yusuke yeah yeah and just so stinking cute i think we needed a cute element in the show <laughs> and we got it with Pooh. yeah oh one last thing i don't know if we mentioned it but he has a little tuft of hair on his head that looks like uh yusuke when he's like just got it out of bed or like uh oh. Or Ippo from like Hajime no Ippo. Yeah. He looks like, he looks, it looks like somebody like shortened Hiei's hair down a bit. <laughs> like someone like took a, the the Photoshop tool and like a, a low like low resed it, like low downscaled it. it. Did you guys ever wa- uh, read Get Backers? Mm-mm. Yeah, I remember yeah, a lot of it. Watched- he, that was like Bon Mito's hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, Get Backers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, next episode. Okay, so the next episode is called Yusuke's Final Test in the Japanese version, The Greatest Trial from Genkai. I guess no longer a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> we all know now. Like Genkai is the mass fighter. Whoa. Oh. No, Genkai is actually the trial, which is very weird. <laughs> That's not false. <laughs> oh, you're right. Actually, she is the essence of the trial. <laughs> okay. You gotta handle me, Yusuke, before you can handle anybody else. Okay. So, in this episode, Yusuke is told that he must take Genkai's life in order to take her power and to meet Genkai in the nearby cave when he's decided to do so. 
Yusuke deliberates and eventually tell her, tells her that there's no way he could take the life of the only person that's ever taught him anything useful in his life. Turns out his indecision, I know. (laughs) Oops. Turns out his indecision means that he passed her ethics test. Genkai then goes on to create a spirit wave orb and fuses it into Yusuke's body, telling him he either survives excruciating pain and absorbs it, or tears him apart from the inside out. Meanwhile, as the semi-final rounds begin, the remaining members of Team Yurameshi prepare to face off with Team Uraotogi, beginning with Hie versus Makintaro. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it's all—it's also like fucking Taro. I was gonna yeah. say it's not just like our inability to pronounce Japanese names; it's combined with like the U.S. version straight up mispronounces a lot of these names, and so we have a way that we've traditionally pronounced them that fucks up our ability to say it like Japanese style. It's like the word karaoke. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. What did you guys think of this episode? I thought it was basically Yusuke screaming and some fights. <laughs> I mean, it's not a lie. Yeah. It's basically like, like clenching. Ah! Like, like, Ginkai's like, you, you must surpass. You need, to, you need to overcome Yusuke. He's just screaming and bleeding out of every orifice. Yeah. I do think it's one of the more badass, like, you know, like, oh, we've got to get you strong really fast, like, in a mm-hmm. non-physical way yeah. scenes, yeah. like, in anything. Oh, but it is like, without some a stuff into you. Yeah, type. Yeah. So, um, so it's like a training montage. If uh, if, if the, it was just literal torture. Yeah. If, if instead of, instead of training Rocky, he just like beat the shit out of him and made him bleed all the time. <laughs> or you know, gave him some really fucked up drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I I'm glad they didn't. So you know, sometimes like they have these types of like transformation mm-hmm. yellings um, in anime, and like it lasts like pretty much the entire focus is that. Yeah. Like, freaking yelling and screaming for, like, three episodes. It sounds like you're talking about a specific series or something. <laughs> it feels like it. Um, I can't think of the series, but I know what's happened. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have a lot Has of it calls. happened? Am I, like, making this up? This is a thing. No, it's a, specific? it's okay. a thing, TM. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have a lot of balls to be able to... Yeah. Like, the size of dragon. Balls, yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. But, like, I'm glad they didn't just do, like... Three episodes pretty much fully of yelling, and then episode of, like... Or, like, half the episode's yelling, and half the episode is talking, stalling yeah. the tournament. Oh, my God. I think... Yeah, I, no, I think I'm thinking of the same thing you guys are thinking well, of. Well, yes, but a comparable thing is not when they're screaming, but when they're doing the, I'm in a vat of water, and I'm gonna be here for a while while this other <laughs> dude fights a guy. What could we be talking about? Oh, I'm in a vat. Oh, no. Because <laughs> as much banter, like, dumb, like... I don't know, expositional banter like the bad guys and the good guys have in this tournament. It's like... Nowhere it's, near yeah, as yeah, crazy. Yeah, as some other shows I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> some other show. <laughs> show. <laughs> so yeah, it went by pretty quickly as far as like... <laughs> so what do you guys think of uh, Genkai's test, I guess? Oh, damn. <laughs> I not want to be her student. <laughs> I, I think she kind of implies like that... Doesn't she say something like, this is 10 years too early? Like, yeah. she's only doing it because... I, I think in the Latin American version, which I was watching at this time, because I think I switched over to Japanese halfway through these episodes, she straight up says, I'm not as strong as I used to be. Like, and this is like, this blows Yusuke away because he's like, I just saw you literally blow up a mountain. Yeah. Uh, all the tactics and techniques I have cannot compete with the power Toguro has anymore. 
And um, so she's basically saying, like, we need to give you this power because it's being wasted on my old-ass body now, and I need to get this into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of... Hey. I don't know what's with these euphemisms. Like, Genkai's needing to put something into him. He he should have been older <laughs> before he received it. You know? <laughs> I don't think it's think it's think it's it that way. He's like, what, 16, 15? Is he 14? He's 14 or 15 at this that point, depending yeah. on how many months have gone by in the two different dubs. <laughs> Yeah, he might he just, be 15. He may be 15. He could be like Ash, where if even if each episode is one day, he should be at least 16 years old. I'm just saying. Um, Man, Ash would have a really eventful life yeah. if each of those episodes was a day. <laughs> um, um, but Genkai... You know what? I'm kind of upset that, like... Because I don't remember this part of the... I, I just don't when I was a kid. But, like, I'm kind of upset that Genkai... The actual test wasn't to kill Genkai. A part of me would have... No, but, like, Damn. they just took away all of the... All the tension. Like, yeah, maybe Yusuke's gonna die. He's not gonna die, because we he's a freaking hey, new character. Hey, he has definitely died before. This isn't... So it wouldn't be that... It wouldn't be that crazy. Like, well, Yusuke's dead again. Wish him back. Well, Dragon like, balls! Yeah, we just had like, to... The thing that he can't revive until, like, a hundred years, remember? Oh. Quentin was like, yeah, well... But he needs a fucking... He needs a new body, then. Just put him in the vat. <laughs> Like, but I, I don't know. I love, I love Genkai, and I would never want her to die. But, but like, that's weird because it sounds like you do want her to die. No, but like, as far as like a plot device, you know, you end that last episode with something so like, was it was the end of the last episode, right? Where she's just like, I need you to kill me. Yeah. Wait, is this this episode? I don't want to. Yeah, I think, okay, I think okay, it was yeah. last episode. Yeah, yeah. Like between those like, two episodes, like she's like, okay, your test is to kill me. I'll be in the cave. Like, yeah, this, yeah. this was the episode. I'll see you then. This is the episode, and he and he she basically gave him her essence. And he's trying to struggle with it. I, I actually... What are you doing? Um, like, I actually really like the way that it resolved, like, me personally. Because, like, I see Genkai as, like, this, like, true neutral character. Yeah. Like, she even... Like, there's a point where she's in a later fight where, like, someone, like, accuses her, you know, because they're like, oh, you're the legendary, like, hero. Right. Like, you know, you must be this do-gooder. I fucking hate do-gooders. And she's like, oh, you drastically... Mis- like, you drastically misunderstand who I am. And yeah. basically reveals that she's, like... This, like, true neutral, like, I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about good and evil. Yeah. I just want to, like, I just wanted to be the greatest fighter at the time. Right. And, like, it's it's interesting. And, like, so I really like this about Genkai, where she's, like, this other... She's this other character, like, good is done through her because Yusuke is effectively her, you know, child. Right. Um, but, like, she herself... Um, I think they explicitly say this in other parts of the series, too, where another character says that the reason Genkai couldn't attain this one technique was because she didn't have the morality to it. Right, like, a technique uh, directly uh, oriented that's, towards morality. Right, yeah. like I have to think back of when we first were introduced to her in, like, the first t- Yu Hakusho tournament. I forgot the arc. The yeah, Genkai arc. <laughs> yeah, the Genkai tournament. But, the Genkai, Genkai tournament. But basically, she, she was willing to accept anyone as her successor. Including Rando. Including Rando. Yeah. Even though she knew he's probably going to try to kill her after. Would yeah. he even kill her, though? Like, let's be real. Like, he probably couldn't, but, you know. Yeah, yeah in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. He wouldn't have the fact that she entertained her was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll let's <laughs> fight about whoever. I, I think she kind of believed, like, she wanted someone who was the strongest, but, like, I wonder if, like, her idea was, like, when they've gone through this training, like, they will have to understand, like, you know, our relationship, and if we don't have a good relationship, then new tournament, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. kill you myself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if if Rando had tried anything, like spoilers, she would have blown him away. Oh yeah, yeah. Even if he had gotten to like Yusuke levels right now, like as demonstrated by the mountain thing, like yeah, she could have just blown that person away. Yeah, 
One of the, one of the things I actually wanted to jump to is that there's there's a when they started the tournament up again, there's a new uh, a new uh, jo- <laughs> a, a new uh, referee mm-hmm. that looks like a dolphin mixed with a person. Now she's, she's with a Vaporeon. Oh yeah, she's like a humanized Vaporeon. <laughs> oh no! I like how they get you give her tan skin because she's like at the beach all the time. Assumably yeah. she's in the ocean. Oh, I I took it as like you know like what, what's that fashion in like what's that? Yeah, I think yeah. It was, I, that's how I took it. I'm like, oh, oh is she one of those. She kind of looks a little the, the pink lips and stuff. But yeah. I was thinking she's more like, like the just, fitness version. Yeah, <laughs> she looks like she's about to go to the gym. Uh, I felt I, like she, I felt like she was a POC though. Maybe because she she was dark. That's what I that's what I got from that. She was. Just... I mean, like Japanese people vary enough in skin color that it it's at like the maximal range. I was gonna say that too at first, and then I was like, nah. All of her characteristics are very cutesy Japanese girl. Yeah, it's but like a girl from Okinawa. Just like yeah, I was I was thinking like, like someone from Okinawa, like somewhere by the beach. Like <laughs> what's curious? Um, we we can talk about this more later, but they talk about her origin, and she does have this like weirdly oh, really? rural origin. Oh, do they? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that kind of makes. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But yeah, we got a new girl. Oh, another quick note about her. In the English version only, uh, <laughs> Koto explains like, Oh yeah, I'm over here doing commenting, you know, because something weird happened with the committee, and it's not like I'm angry or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they only do that in the English version. I was like, this yeah. is the best. In the Japanese, they're basically just like, yeah, I'm just going to be commentating now. Good luck, jury. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, like, I like how Koda has more personality. I think all the characters have a little bit more personality in English. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a little bit. It's yeah. kind of like, they kind of like, well, this is, was it one of, it was one of Funimation's like, full dub after Dragon Ball Z. So this is like the first like, new non-recurring series that they didn't have at the time. So they're like, well, let's just do whatever we want with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of like I kind of like the what I took from from the Japanese version was that she just did that of her own free will because of after all the crap that she went through in the and and the I guess the are we in the semifinals or the finals semifinals, semifinals yeah, yeah before the semifinals with all the crap that was going on with all the craziness and she's like yeah forget this yeah I yeah I could see that because she she almost got like yeah like killed a trillion times and now Jerry's almost about to get killed a trillion times. Yeah, but it like it feels more like one they changed. Oh, so like kind of for me, kind of you know, like in regular fights, they change the they change the commentary. Referee out. Yeah, no, like yeah, they change the ref out. Like yeah, true, true. I was just watching like Herb Dean. I was gonna say Herb yeah. Dean. Uh, Herb Dean. You watch OC, that dude is always the pretty much the main for like um, smaller dudes. He's always the guy. Yeah. To ref. He uh he had like an MMA career as well, but it was like only in smaller shows, and like he'd fight in like Korea because he was like, well, I can't be in any promotion that I'm affiliated with as a ref, so I guess I gotta go to Korea and the Philippines to have my oh, fights. Was he in one like that one? Yeah, he was in one FC, mm-hmm. and yeah, when when you said one, I'm like, no, he had multiple fights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so enough about real life fighting. Oh, but they changed the stadium too, right, guys? Oh yeah. oh yeah. So this is the stadium that I thought that more of the tournament took place in. The one that I'm like. This is HR Geiger of the stadium because it's just like, hey, what if I took a garlic bulb and an anus? Now we have a now we have a stadium. <laughs> it's like the who was the one guy that did a uh, that did the um? Are you thinking of Alien? No, I'm thinking of the guy that did that that weird that weird, weird like the, the gamer thing, transferring. No, transferring. Um, I know what you're talking about, like uh, uh, transcendence where, or no, 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 it's it's the one where. They play video games through this whole, this whole, like, is this oh, fucking, uh, I know what you're talking about, uh, 
Is it Videodrome or something? Or is Not it not Videodrome. Existens or... Extens. Yeah, ex- no, it's Existens. No, Extens is a male... Yeah, that's a male enhancement drug. drug. It's definitely an attempt to make your penis bigger. Yeah, it's Existens. Existens. I remember Mega 64 was talking about that and I was cracking up because they, they're basically, they gave a good tagline. What if you could play video games through your second book? Oh, yeah. Existens. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, that was back when I listened to the Mega 64 podcast. I do remember that. I was like, that's actually a really good summary of that. Yeah, um, I like. I almost pissed my pants laughing at listening to that. Uh, but yes, uh, so garlic buttholes aside, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is when uh, Genkai pulled out the you know spirit wave orb, otherwise known as the Reikodama. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, in the English version, a line that I fucking love. Uh, well, first in the Japanese version, she's just like, "Oh, this is spirit energy compressed to its maximum." It's like, okay, cool. Uh, that sounds great. In the English version, she's like, "This is enough to power a city block." I'm wow. like, that's awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. Here we go, we're going to feed it to you now. Yeah. yeah, have fun absorbing this. Here's a choo-choo, choo-choo. <laughs> I kind of wish you could have been like, wait, what? Like, as I was going. Wow. But um, what's interesting is when she pulls the spirit wave orb out of herself, Toguro, like, just, like, in the stadium, just is like, oh, shit. And then, like, you know, he, like, looks at his brother and he's like, things are about to get really interesting. Ugh. And I'm just like, yeah, man, Toguro knows shit. Weird. You know, it's kind of weird. These last couple episodes, I've been really gr- growing to like Toguro a lot. He's an awesome villain. He's like one of my favorite villains of all time. He doesn't really mm-hmm. seem like a villain anyways. Like he, he like, he seems, he seems to, he's an antagonist. We'll put yeah, it that way. Yeah. That's how he's I done feel. some bad things. Yeah, like, oh, for not sure. a good oh, yeah, no, like, no, no, no. Like that person's head. Yeah. Like His brother crushed <laughs> birds that one time. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> Listen. To be completely honest, a lot of stuff that he, a lot of stuff that has been done bad around him was by other people. Like, remember when he, he killed Helen, dude? Well, he said that he didn't want to. He was like, but he, he still did him. it. He didn't have any else. He got money. He's like, I'm sorry, I had to do this, but your owner was a dick and wanted me to. do Oh, it so he was me. just following orders? Is that your argument? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a wow. mercy kill. I mean, I mean, yeah, hey, maybe Helen kill. was having a great time. You don't know that. Still, why the fuck is her name Helen? Water. Um, but anyways, Helen Keller joke. Yeah, that was no. yes. Uh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, they're starting up the semifinals, which in the Japanese version they refer to as best of four. And I was just like, you really said that, okay? Um, is it? I wonder if that's common in like Japanese tournament culture to like actually refer to things, you know, by a Japanese pronunciation of like an English phrase. Yeah, start stato. Oh, stato. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a. I think they call them loan words. Well, oh yeah, but it, like it loan phrases are a little more for sure. Yeah. I just meant more like it's interesting because what I think is I, I there's a term for this specific type of loan words where it's like that is from another language, but no one in that language would use that in that situation. Oh yeah, because no one refers to the semifinals of something as the best just, four in yeah. in like English speaking places. Yeah, but it is an English derived word, and you yeah, see that a lot in right. Japanese. Like it's just like. There's a there's a phrase for it, but I don't remember what it is, and it's not specific to Japanese. It's like a general linguistics term. No, but I never, it escapes me. I never thought God. of that, but that's definitely true. There's a lot of it. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's related to that, but in baseball they use a lot of that terminology from the U.S. like strike, out, out, um, ball. Yeah, but those are all the ones that we would use too. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking more for like what the fuck are you saying, even though it's English. Yeah, yeah that's why I thought it was kind of it kind of similar. I just like the borrowed word. Sort of thing they use. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, we're not, we're guilty of that too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Schadenfreude, um. What? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude, well, that's from German. But like, yeah. we, we, that's a long word. word. Yeah, yeah. So. Wait, do we use that here? Yeah, we do, but like, it's not super common. Oh. Uh, it's Uber. a very specific thing. Well, yeah, Uber is one. 
but like Schadenfreude means like uh, enjoyment in other people's pain. Yeah. And doppelganger. Yeah, doppelganger uh, is a German word that we also use. But again, those are ones we use. Well, yeah, kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, but those are all words that like we use in the exact same context. I'm yeah. looking for stuff that's weird. That um, we don't use in one, but in another. I guess hancho is one that we use in English that's slightly different from how it's used in Japanese. What about you, Yeah. We use the word hancho in English? Yeah, like people say the head hancho. Oh! oh it's the same see, phrase, it is right? Hancho. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, see? Oh, so the head. head interesting. Head I never thought that was like a Japanese yep. word. I thought honcho, like head honcho. You want another like mind blowing thing? You know the phrase like long time no see? Yeah. That's a direct English translation of a Chinese, like of a Cantonese phrase. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like, so we got that from China. It's real fucking That's weird. Interesting. It makes It makes, makes sense why it doesn't make why, any sense. Yeah, why it's not grammatical. It, it, it just doesn't make any Yeah. Yeah. I but, never thought of that. Wow. Linguistics, guys. Whoa. This is what you come to the Yu Yu Hakusho for. <laughs> uh, in addition to your love of, you know, the boys. And Anderson Cooper. Speaking of the boys, <laughs> now that the semifinals are going ahead, we have Team Yermeshi versus Team Uotogi. And God damn it. No, that's all of us. I'm not laughing at you specifically. I'm just like, none of us are going to get this right. Oh. And then, Wait, is it Uotogi? Yeah, it's Uotogi. Okay. The freaking yeah! Now, the now we get it right. It's no. just like, oh yeah, now we're good. I pronounced that right. And then we oh. also have oh. Team Gorenja versus Team Degura. Mm. Uh, so Team Yarameshi is now down to only three: Kurama Hie and Kobara, who is now the temporary leader. And uh, <laughs> I don't know who really gets the cool of his head, but he's still pretty fired up. Mm-hmm. I imagine his like enthusiasm. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Let's just take it on all three of us. I I actually love the dynamic between the three of them when Yusuke is not around. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, it's really obvious that Yusuke is kind of the glue that holds this together. <laughs> because like the three of them are arguing in like really petty and weird ways. Yeah. And they're not even arguing for the same things. It's just yeah. like, oh, I want this because of a totally unrelated reason to you guys shit like that it's I mean, great I think Hiei's and Kuwabara's are kind of similar right uh, I think it's Hiei's and Kurama's that are kind of similar but... oh yeah I was thinking about like Yukina oh oh I wasn't thinking that but yeah <laughs> I can see that angle too oh uh, yeah we gotta keep her safe <laughs> but one person says out loud the other person's saying it internally <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, like, while this is happening, we cut to the girls who have overslept and find, like, they wake up and find Pooh is feeling like shit. Oh, they, so they partied the Pooh. night before that we didn't, you know, we didn't talk about it, but they partied the night before, and Krama invited Hiei to play cards with them, saying, like, it's like we're a family or something. Yeah. And Hiei's like, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, it just reminds me, like, the worst. Because in the English stuff, he's like, Krama, you better be quiet all rip out your voice box, which just, I just feel like in the English stuff, it just went through this whole, like, random fandom thing where they just use that in every fanfic that I read, and they overuse how he says him. Like, that's the only thing he'll say unless he says something like, I'll rip out your voice box. Is that before or after they make out? Yeah. <laughs> before, it's, during, it's like, after. After, every Whatever. single That's the pillow moment. talk. Yeah. I'll rip your voice box Man, Yakusho fan fiction. That could be a whole podcast in itself. We can totally. I want to do an episode about that because you guys will be the subject matter experts because I don't know shit oh, about God. that. We should look um, up the. We should look up the worst. Find the worst Yakusho podcasts. Oh, uh, in the podcast of fan fiction. I was yeah. like, I was like, I was like I'm pretty sure we're the only Yakusho yeah. podcast, so we'd be on that list. <laughs> you guys are interested in something more focused on like fan works and fandom. Yeah. Just let us know, and we can. 
if you have any topics to suggest. And we, we will try not to trash it too much. Because we're not... We actually, actually do love a lot. That was just a grievance of mine that I did. <laughs> from fan fiction's past. Um, but, you know what? I know we didn't talk about it, but I'm going to... We're going to... Since we're on that train, the mm-hmm. party and stuff. It's kind of one of the first times you really see all of them interacting like teenagers. Oh, like, oh yeah. Teenagers really do... Like, you know, like normal kids. Yeah, and then older you know, sister of Shizuru. Well, yeah. well, normal kids like, plus a... Plus a two thousand year old lady. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like I mean, as far as like the interaction between Kobara, like I know they were making fun of Yusuke for a minute for doing something or rather, yeah. and oh, like, oh, tell me the secret. And Kobara's hanging out with the girls and all giggly and stuff. Like it was, it was kind of, it was really cute. I thought, I thought it was, it was nice to see that dynamic. Yeah, outside nice. of fighting, it's nice to see them relax. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I also like how Shizuru is just like, you know, she's like pr- practically a chaperone. Yeah, she's chaperoning. Like, yeah, I guess I'm here. Okay, cool. Drinking a beer. <laughs> At the, in the morning, she's like, I need to sober up. Yeah, she only says that in the Japanese version. In the English version, she's like, I'm just going to have this coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious. Did, did, does she drink a lot in the English dub or they can make allusions to it? Uh, like, if you, look at, the, if you look at like what they're drinking, like she's clearly drinking something alcoholic. Well, if you look at what some of the other characters are drinking, they're drinking, like, like tea soda, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, tea, soda. But is it, like, brought up, like, oh, I'm really hungover, I'm drunk, or anything um, like that? I think she's, like, hinted at it, but it's not really talked about as directly, because this was at a time where, in American versions, they didn't like talking about alcohol. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to, to get to the, the match real quick, um, so they decide to, I guess, like, Kuwabara talks with Shishi Wakamaru, and they're like, we're gonna use dice, fuck it! And, like, <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know why anyone agreed to this besides, like, it being, like, a cool plot device, and it does bring out a lot of characterization stuff as we yeah. talked about but like other than that there's no logical reason to use these dice because like what's weird is this team is entirely <clears throat> about magical objects these dice are not enchanted they're just dice <laughs> so it's just like what are you doing I, I thought I thought it'd be funny if it was like sex dice like punch PA <laughs> what? <laughs> what? that'd be great it's like they roll it it's like they roll it's like kiss PA it's like what the fuck kiss PA's elbows <laughs> right hand red <laughs> it's like oh shit we got the wrong dice yeah but uh, so, in the U.S. version, he basically says, I'll take the spot of anyone who's not here and the free space. I'll be going first, last, and only. And I'm like, that's badass, but also not how probability works. Because <laughs> just to put it this way, he is he has a half chance of being in any match, but that means if there are five, if there are three matches minimum, i.e., you know, if they win, like, three in a row... Oh, no, because they're doing, like, they're doing till everyone's dead, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the only... Are they doing death matches? Uh, or, or, or eliminated. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for some perspective, the only way his I'll be going first, last, and only would possibly happen is whatever 0.5 to the fifth power is. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. Listen, well, you Yu show. I've seen weirder odds. You're right. You're right. It's true. Like, it's like, have you seen JoJo with all that crap? <sighs> Anyways, sorry, I'm sorry. We all know, like, Yu Yu Hakusho is really arbitrary with numbers, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we once saw a dude just type 97.5 into a calculator. That was weird. (laughs) 97.5, oh my god. Oh Oh my god. God. I did the calculation by typing the exact thing in. (laughs) Never know that it's like magical dice, maybe it's like a... It's like, it's like, uh, possessed, like that one... Or like that alien guy from oh, JoJo. God damn it. I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, but so, yeah. So we get to the first match. Got to uh, go down the dark tournament to figure out how the dice works. Hiei versus Makintaro. Um, this is the match we were kind of talking about earlier with like the oh, like dramatic yeah. irony of like, they all saw his fucking hand, right? They see his fucking hand. But like, as brought up, like only one part of the audience would probably <laughs> notice it. And like, there's distance and stuff. But like, 
still it is very much convenient for the for anime and manga to just be like, you see what we see. <laughs> um, but a- except when we point out that you didn't see, like that, that's the only time that they violate that rule. It's it's very interesting seeing that stuff like that we all just take for granted, highlighted, and I actually really appreciate that insight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as we mentioned, Hiei strikes the air and then liquid spills out from under him, to which Makantaro says, did you have an accident? <laughs> Hiei has a badass response. Your whole nervous system leaves much to be desired. <laughs> and then he just pulls out the arm, and then the other just like, oh! It's like, now it hurts! <laughs> yeah. God. So Hiei starts walking out of the ring, because, you know, of course, he he's like, this is, I'm too badass, this match is over. The guy fucking... Like grows a axe for a yeah, hand. Yeah, like the bones start growing yeah, and then yeah. the, the muscle comes around. Mm, it. Yeah, a little grotesque. So what's interesting is I found out this is not how it happened in the manga. In the manga, he used the hand that wasn't cut to turn that into an axe. Yeah, oh, that makes a little more sense. I think they're just like we want to fucking animate a regeneration because that looks cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like I legit think the animators were like, "Can we please just animate a regeneration, please?" <laughs> or they just got the script like, "Okay," and then one arm turns into the axe. So I'm assuming. So the it has to be the arm that got cut off. off. Right? I think we're thinking, well, we already drew the other hand. Like, can we just turn this hand <laughs> we'll just, into the other, into the axe? <laughs> There's another guy who's like, what if we gave him, like, double axe hands? And someone's like, no, that's too much. That's too much. How does he wipe his bullet? Yeah. <laughs> Using the axe. Oh, no. no. He used the blunt side. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, so, Hie does some afterimage bullshit. Like, the axe goes through what looks like Hie, but it's like, that was an afterimage. The clone jutsu. Yeah, his, his shadow clone, clone jutsu, jutsu happens. Uh, and then so Hie reappears on top of McIntyre's head and stabs him, like, right through the top of the head in a really brutal way. Yeah. Man, I, wasn't, I just couldn't... I wasn't... I don't know. Was you weren't ready? ready? Yeah, I wasn't ready. I just couldn't believe it. I hate you. I'm done. Anyway. <laughs> I, but, like, I couldn't see... my O. I don't know about... How hard would this be to draw? Like, I don't know. Like, the guy's mouth is open. sword through someone's head? And it's, like, through the back of his neck, into his mouth, and down through his, like, under his chin. And, like, the guy's mouth is open, so you see, like, the sword go through, and you're just like, oh, okay, someone's on something. Yeah, that was that was legit, like, fucking crazy. Like, like you the sword. Yeah, they gave him, like, a fucking lobotomy, and, like, yeah, it was, uh, it's pretty intense. So, Koto, being a, a, you know, consummate sadist, says, getting bonus <laughs> points for skull piercing and amputation. Oh my god. What is wrong with that lady? But there's no points. Like Yeah, there's no points in the dark tournament. Yeah. But, you know, he, they're getting style points. Style it's awarded points. in a separate ceremony after the end of the tournament. They just have, like, the dead. bodies of, like, the people. And you win the most style points. Oh, is, like, it's just like a corpse. Those, oh, like, there will be a couple people like that by like the end of the tournament. It's like the, like, not award ceremony, but, like, best in show or best presentation. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Consolation prizes. Best looking corpse. Yes. <laughs> oh, there will be a couple of those by the end of the tournament, too. Um, but yeah, so it cuts back. The episode ends with just Yusuke double over in pain while Genkai is just looking at him, just like, hey, what's up? And then, like, it's just like, done. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's Yu Hakusho in a nutshell. It's, it's pretty intense. Uh, so yeah, this episode we introduce Jury, yeah, replacement referee, described as something of an idol. Uh, so here's the interesting backstory part that I forget if it was in the manga or in one of the manga inserts, but she was apparently raised on a farm and then she worked at a bar where Kodo discovered her. And then got her to get to become in-ring talent so she could meet, like, rich guys. <laughs> so, is she an escort? No. No, she's, no, not she's like, escort. 15 or something like that. She, yeah, she's no, a she was, teenager. I think she was, like, serving drinks at the bar. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, you hear about, like, people being discovered like that every mm, once, like, in yeah. Hollywood especially. Um, so they gave her a legitimate backstory as an idol? <laughs> yeah. In the, uh, in the manga epilogue, which 
like this is the only time that really makes sense to cover it, I guess. She has a crush on Suzuki, a character who's not been introduced, but okay. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so Makintaro is based on... So everyone in Team Ura Togi, the team name literally means like reverse fairy tale, mm-hmm. uh, are based on Japanese fairy tales uh, of various sorts. These are like the classic ones that even a lot of people in the West have heard of. Like for mm-hmm. instance, like Mom. my mom like read uh, all these fairy tales to me as a kid. So like when I saw this like on Yu Hakusho, I was like, these seem really familiar, but I'm not sure why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did, did you guys ever hear these as kids? What fairy tale I, is this guy from? Not this one. Kintaro? Kintaro. Yeah. I think it was much later that I've heard it. The only thing that Makatar kind of reminded me of is because I think I watched it at the same time I watched Yaku Show. It's like, oh, he looks like an Ultimate Muscle character. Oh, he does look like a. I was gonna say a Kanikuman character, watch, but did yeah. Did you guys watch Ultimate Muscle? Yeah, I watched it. I, Dude, I love a that lot. show. I was like, I love this show. I love all the poop jokes. Wow. <laughs> Seriously though, I, I still think Kevin Mass is like one of the bad, most badass anime characters. It was a really good show. Like besides like the. Humor, I don't know. It was fun. It was a fun show. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of the show before. It was yeah. on a Fox. You might have. Yeah. You might have heard it by the original name, Kanikuman. They're like these little. They're muscle figurines. They're like from the eighties. The original version was from the eighties, but then they made another series in the two thousands. Yeah, you'll recognize the style and be like, "Oh, it's that show that I didn't watch because it looks kind of derpy." Yeah. To be honest, though, I actually think it's probably one of four, four kids' best shows. Oh yeah, for sure. I thought the dubbing was really well done. It's also like a pro wrestling oh, show, so it's kind of weird. I remember. I never watched it. Just, it, it just really fit. Yeah. That, um, one, that one fighting food ons, but we'll get into fighting food ons later. <laughs> fighting food on cast. Um, but r- real quick, yeah, so uh, Makintaro is based on Kintaro, mm-hmm. which effectively means golden boy. Um, and now I'm wondering if the English phrase golden boy actually comes from being exposed to Kintaro. Um, that'd be interesting. We could look that up. Uh, oh, man, I said I was going to look up the fucking... Uh, the robe trope that we keep on running into. Robe trope? Yeah, like when Botan dressed up as the fortune teller. I oh. meant to look that up last night. I didn't look it up. God damn it. Oh, okay. I'll look it up next time. But uh, but he's effectively the Japanese version of Hercules, kind of. Mm-hmm. He's a child with superhuman strength who was raised by a mountain witch. Uh, and he became like a popular figure in like Bunraku and Kabuki dramas. And uh, it's a custom to set up dolls of Kintaro on a... Boys' Day, which is a Japanese holiday, uh, like what do they? Did so, they make like? Did they make a unified Children's Day now, or is it still Boy and Girls' I Day? I think they have a Boys' Day, they have a Girls' Day, they have a Children's Day, and then you have your age ceremony day. So when you're three, five, seven, and oh. I think three, five, and seven are like the main ages for like the like that's your special like age day thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what that. There's a certain ceremony like coming of age day, and then when you're twenty. And then after that, there's no other special ages. Jeez, when we get Boys Day? Oh, wait, wait, uh, real, real quick. Um, so the original Makintaro used an axe uh, for like his his weapon. So yeah, this dude has an axe for a hand, and uh, his name Makintaro is literally just Kintaro, but like with the word demon in front of it. So mm. demon Kintaro. <laughs> oh yeah, Ma is yep. demon or evil. Yeah, yeah. That's spot on. Fun times. Oh, you. You. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get on to episode 45, Hiei Battles On, or in the Japanese version, Hiei Battles Consecutively. Shoot your, uh... Kokuryu, huh? <laughs> all right. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I definitely 
anything that I think that's more than these syllables, my mouth just turns into like word vomit. No, that's fair. I should probably insert like because if we insert hyphens, it'd be way more obvious. It's like when I was younger and didn't know how to pronounce like Tagalog, I would see like double consonants and be like, oh, am I supposed to double pronounce that or like because I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't recognize like oh where the natural syllables happened. And I think the same is true with Japanese transliteration unless you add syllable unless you add hyphens. Most time it's every two letters Mm. unless it's like an N. Mm-hmm. Then you stop. <laughs> Fun times. So what happens is this, in this episode is that Yusuke is still struggling as he bears the pain of the spirit wave orb within him. Even when Genkai attempts to remove it, Yusuke she still chooses to handle the torture. Um, as this is going on, Hie is battling Kuro Momotaro, um, who is able to transform in with ape-like instincts, making all of his techniques useless. Unable to use the dragon of the darkness flame, lest it consume him in the process, uh, he is left with dwindling options. So it actually wasn't until Kuro Momotaro that I realized that it's <laughs> this fairy is, tales. these are all fairy tales. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know was, Momotaro. This one's yeah. the most obvious. Yeah. 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 And then Kuro just means black. Yeah, so, so it's black, black Momotaro. Momotaro. Are they literally no. just putting, like, uh, evil-ish evil, words? Evil-ish yeah. adjectives in front of their names? Yes. <laughs> the one, there's one that's, like, slightly, like, Shishiwakamaru's one is less, like, evil and more just, like, guys oh, he's sort of different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the other ones are just evil. Or reverse in the case of Ura Reshima. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally has a black peach. I had, I thought it was a spade for a second. Yeah, no, I thought it was spades as a kid until I realized later, like, oh, that's a fucking peach. It's a peach. <laughs> yeah. It's a peach. Fun fact, Momo means peach and Taro means... What does Taro mean? Boy? Yeah, it like, boy. it's like, yeah, an ending for a boy's name. Yeah. So it can translate to boy, but also is just like, oh, boy ending. Peach mm-hmm. boy. Peach boy. Yeah, no, I mean, he's boy. referred to as peach, peach boy. boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so the dice toss comes up free for Team Uramashi. Uh, so Hiei goes up and it's first Kuromo Mataro, who, uh, I don't know, how would you describe, like, how would you, like, what do you guys think of this episode and, like, what do you guys think of Kuromo Mataro and his design? Mm, I, it's kind of misleading because, like, when you see his character design other than the little cues, like the black peach and stuff, you would think. Well, how does the relation with Momotaro come to be? Like, cause I was like, Momotaro, wait a second. This guy looks like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> like a or like, um, someone from Mortal Kombat. He does, <laughs> yeah, he does kind of look like a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I'm getting those vibes. He kind of reminds me of Wamu a little bit. I, I'm sorry, he's going back to Jojo, but he kind of had the vibe. He's, yeah. he's too, he's too small to be, like, I meant like just his, this, like the, the costume is more like a Yeah, just like the idea of like a white guy with like blonde hair. Yeah. Kinda. I think Wham's pretty different, yeah. but yeah. Momotaro, or Kuro Momotaro, like, I think the way, the key thing that pulls him together with the actual Momotaro is, like, the animals he turns into. Yeah, that's the most Are the animals part. that yeah. help him out through... Yeah. But the English dub obscures that in oh, a weird really? way. Yeah, really we'll talk about... It. Like, they, they yeah. obscure because they're like, we have to make these animals threatening as opposed to what they actually were. Like, yeah. a mongo is, like, a monkey, a bird, and a... What is it? Yeah, it's a monkey, mm-hmm. a pheasant, and a dog. Yeah. And so in the English version, they're like, yeah, it's a monkey... But they're like, but it's a phoenix and a wolf. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> because they didn't want to, I mean, like, I don't blame the English stuff for that one, because, like, what are they going to do? Either, like, a subtext in the middle, this is based off Momotaro, who has, like, three different animals that help him along his journey. Yeah, and I think, I think also, like, uh, 
freaking pheasants have like a very different con- like connotation mm-hmm. yeah. in like the English speaking world than they do in Japan. Mm-hmm. In Japan, it's like, oh yeah, this is a graceful you know bird like magical and like there's a lot of power there well in english it's like this is a fucking you know ornamental bird like no point to it like very weak and like so it's it's kind of just reminds you like that's for dinner yeah that's for dinner damn it's a cornish game hen (laughs) my cornish game hen form great with a little rosemary (laughs) butter sauce (laughs) roasted in the oven 425 (sighs) damn damn (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah you know after they introduce that this match is about to happen like yusuke is still in the cave he's oh, yeah. yeah this is this is where uh right yusuke <laughs> yeah this is where Genkai's like basically like i'm gonna you know maybe not kill my apprentice mm-hmm. like she straight up says like he looks so young lying there i've been too blind to see no! Uh, oh no jesus i wasn't even thinking about it that way i meant more like oh this is like a karen older relative sure flying. sure i've been so blind to see his attraction I what? hate you. Oh my god. Is this... So she begins to take the spirit wave orb out. Please don't do anything weird with that. Um, then, you can um, you're good girl. The fan fiction. So Yusuke says some stuff where I'm like, man, they have an interesting relationship. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, so at first he just looks catatonic as she's taking the, the ball out. But then like it cuts back to him and he's like, give that back, you old bitch. <laughs> English, like, old bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he says old bitch. Oh my god. And then, shove it up your ass. You're not my goddamn mother. So stop trying to tell me what's good for me. Put it back in me. At what time of day did this show on TV when we were children? Uh, this was, like, already on Toonami, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe maybe they made it, like, give that back, you old hag. Yeah. They did did it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing (laughs) I... Shove it up your butt. (laughs) Um, so this is more on, like, the animation side, but one thing I thought was really cool was, like, um, Yusuke was colored all red and yellow, while everything else was, like, really blue, including Genkai herself. Yeah. So it kind of shows how much in pain Yusuke is, and it's also kind of highlight, like, something's happening to him, like, the power within him is happening. So I thought it was a really cool cue, I think, with, especially back in the early 90s with, like, limited technique and technology, so they had to go with, like, that really obvious color scheme, while now, if, I think, nowadays, if they were having something like that, there'd be, like, some crazy glow and, like, all this weird animation that they could make show that, so I thought that was really cool, so, first thing I noticed. Like, the orange-blue uh, contrast is, like, a pretty standard thing that people make fun of now, because, like, this is overused. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the 90s, it was, like, totally acceptable, just because, like, drawing, like, auras and stuff was a lot more expensive, because mm-hmm. you didn't have, like, digital superimposition and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was cool. Yeah. I think, in general, I was, like, you could feel the pain. Well, not really. But you could kind of feel the pain Yusuke was going through. And you're, like, toughen up. You can do this, Yusuke. You can do it. That's what I thought. Interesting. But, uh, so it cuts back to, you know, the, uh, dark tournament, like, arena and stuff, and, uh, Hiei and Momotaro is about to happen. I think it's really interesting that Takuro is actually interested to see the match. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for me, I mean, without getting into too much detail, I always got this idea that if Yusuke had failed in the final match, there was only one other person who could possibly have fought Takuro, and it was probably Hiei. Yeah. Because, like, something happens that makes him, like, on a similar level, and, like, it... It would be cool to see that alternate universe version where it's, like, Hiei has to step up and, like, he, like, still doesn't like everyone, but he's like, well, I guess I gotta fucking do this for my sister and, and everyone else. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of ways he is and uh, use case characters have a lot of like very similar parallels. Um, also kind of reminds me of like fun fact about the English dub. Um, he is voice actor um, Chuck- Justin Cook. Hmm? Isn't Justin Cook Yusuke? Oh, no. Like, he is voice Just actor Chuck Cooper. Oh, he, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He auditioned to be Yusuke initially. Like, that's oh, the role yeah. he really wanted. But he didn't get it, and he got he instead. I'm glad he didn't, because yeah. like, I couldn't imagine his Yusuke. Like, yeah. He'd be a hyped-up Android 17. Yeah, his shonen, his shonen boy voice isn't as good as, like, as Justin Cook's, but... Uh, I mean, it's like a fun fact to me, like alternate universe. <laughs> so if you like, I mean, if you ma- if you made a series about like young, earlier spirit detective who shall remain nameless, I could see him doing the voice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, was, I was actually looking at this episode up online. Apparently, it did air on Adult Swim. Uh, sorry, oh, okay. on Toonami. Yeah, but like, did it have the word like ass and the word bitch? I, that's the thing and I'm ass to, bitch. That's the thing I'm trying ass to figure bitch. out. <laughs> and bitch. It would have to. I don't know if there's no. There were there were alternate voice tracks because like some of the DVDs, yeah. like they had two different sets. They had the cut and uncut ones. Oh, okay. Then, and the, okay, then the yeah. cut was censored in that case. Um, but yeah. So uh, basically, going into this match, Kuro is kind of like worried about the Dragon of the Darkness Flame. And uh, Onji, the old guy on Team Morotogi, basically says, like, yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to pull it out because, like, he's pretty damaged. And the way the technique works is you have to, like, shoot a ton of spirit, like, shoot a ton of uh, demon energy out in order to get, like, a demon from, like, the demon world to notice you. You notice me, senpai. uh, And show up in the human world, like, through a portal and basically, like, blow someone away. So it's a summoning technique. And he's like, yeah, he doesn't have nearly enough energy. He's at 60% of, like, how strong he was the last time he used it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like, what do you guys think of, like, the, the match as it comes up and the incorporation of, like, the fairy tale aspects? Because I really like how they bring in the, uh, the millet dumplings. Yeah, me too. I, I really liked it. I thought it, this was, like, definitely, it, it, ta- it showcased, like, how creative, like, Yu show can get with their, um, fights and their battles. Um, I don't know. Tagashi is just, like, a, it's it, it's it's really cool how he integrated like mythology into like all these action scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it would probably be like even more interesting if you like you grew up in Japan and you grew up with all those myths and like knowing him like as well as like probably someone who lived there does. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like just kind of doing some background research into it and living as, like, an adult in the U.S. and being like, oh, wow, well, I didn't realize there's so much symbolism in this. Yeah. Like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I definitely uh, agree. I wonder if there's a Western series that has done, like, Western canon mythology in, like, a similar way where it's like, oh, yeah, it's sort of updated, but not, like, not a... I guess there are a bunch of live-action shows that have done that. Like, yeah, yeah fucking... Like, uh, various shows about, like, modern demon hunters and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But, like, I'd kind of be curious to see, like, one that's sort of, uh... Animated? Animated, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, supernatural, but animated. Yes. Yeah, oh, but, but not, not, but like, not, su- but not American supernatural. Dragon, Jake Long. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> Jackie Chan Adventures. Jackie Chan Adventures. Yeah, I think that would probably be the closest one. They well, did. But they're all so they Asian. Asian shit. Yeah. No, they did well, episodes about the El Chupacabra oh, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Leprechauns. They did an episode about leprechauns. They did. Which is not exactly American. Well, I said, I said um, Western. Western. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. Western. Yeah. I did they do any episodes where they found Greek shit? 
not that I know of. I think the there's a Cartoon Network show called uh, something Juniper Lee, and they did a lot of like. Like, not just Chinese, but also, like, different mythology. There's, like, episode about, like, she had a friend who was a Sasquatch, and kind of went into, like, details about that, so. Uh, okay. Is that the one where she, like, the, she, like fights Monster a bunch of, bunch of Easter bunnies or something like that? I think so, yeah. No, that oh, was yeah. some weird-ass show. Now I'm just thinking of that episode of the Wild Thornberries where, like, her friend turned into a dolphin. Yeah, yeah. That, that's. Did you watch that show? I did watch all the. Yeah. I don't remember. There's an episode. Into a there's an episode where they go to Brazil, and then like the, there's this girl that she meets who's like really into protecting the waterways, and then like, but she seems kind of like weirdly attracted to Debbie, like in a way. Well, I'm not weirdly now. Now I'm like okay with it, but like at the time I was like, there's something interesting going on here. And then later she's like, I'm a dolphin. <laughs> Just turns into. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> to be fair, drinking the water there can be kind of weird, so I wouldn't put it past. Past or like something. There's a lot of weird shit that happened in the wild thornberries. The thing though is that she was probably talking to the dolphin, and like she thought it was a person, but it was really yeah. A dolphin. That was actually but the, she, the big twist. Really? Oh. No, no. Oh. Um, so, but like, I think he does this not just with this arc, but with like pretty much almost every other, not every other character, but a lot of characters. Oh, for sure. Are definitely like, Kitsune. Like, is that Kitsune? Like the is that what's Kitsune? Is that Demon Fox? Yeah, the fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like Kurama. Yeah, Kitsune, yeah. Like. Um, Yukiona with Yukina. Like, it's it's just kind of cool seeing like, uh, yeah, the very, very specific condensed yeah, yeah the concentrated form here because like there's so lot. many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we mentioned it earlier, but like in the Japanese version, they describe the U.S. version steaming spheres mm-hmm. as uh, kibidango, which just means millet dumpling, which is what uh, the actual <laughs> the historical now the uh, legendary Momotaro used to tame the three uh, animals. So he gave them millet dumplings, and then a uh, a monkey, a dog, and a pheasant uh, helped him to fight a bunch of ogres. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how you get the connection, except in this version, like, apparently uh, the orbs were used to turn into those animals and perform genocide on an island full of ogres that George is apparently related to. But it's oh. funny because they used, like, the original, like fun, like, happy Momotaro, oh, yeah. like, in the, in the his, like, style, yeah. his, uh, what's it called, in his, like, backstory, his flashback, flashback. Yeah, in his yeah. flashback is just like, ah, here's the little kid, Momotaro, and then dead ogres everywhere. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. But, uh, so the, the way that they sort of, like, use the armor in this is that, uh, Momotaro, like, takes an, uh, like, Kuro Momotaro takes an attack and then uses one of these things and then now regenerates and becomes immune to that. So the way they first show it is just to, like, shock the shit out of people. They have him take Hiei's sword, which was still stuck in uh, Makintaro's head, and he kicks Makintaro's body off the stage yeah. because he's a dick. He was really rude about it. I was like, this guy's weak. He would have never became a leader. Just yeah. kicked his ass off the stage. Yeah, and then they he takes the sword and then, like, cuts his own arm, and... <laughs> I like the US version like, yeah, right. <laughs> I like the like, like, he was like, shit, this is really sharp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bone saw is ready. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty goofy. So in the manga, he actually like cuts his fingers off, mm-hmm. which I, like when I found that, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, everyone that was everyone's reactions to. They're like, did he just cut his fingers off? Because like you know, when he cuts his flesh in the anime, it's just like, oh, that's bad. But like you've seen people regenerate from that shit. Meanwhile, you know, cutting your fingers off, you're like, what are you doing? Like, chop, chop, chop! <laughs> Stop it! He's like, I now mute your your. I now memorize your short sharpness. Yeah. So now he turns into an ape, uh, which you know, Koto says something to the effect of like, oh, he's gotten rid of those beautiful washboard abs because <laughs> now they're just covered in hair. It's 
It's a tragedy. She's always thirsting, but that's why we love her. <laughs> oh, God. oh, man. So that's crazy how we think it's like he, now that he, he cut himself so he can memorize the sharpness of use of Hiei's sword. Like, essentially. That's, that's yeah. interesting how all of his powers are kind of like skin based and like armor based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. It's like it has a memory of its own. Yeah. Yeah. It feels... It's weird because it kind of sets up this, like, game almost where, like, it's like you have to hit him hard enough that he just instantly dies. Like, Mm -hmm. if you leave him be, he will just get used to the attack. Right. Like, so you have to step it up a high enough... Like, your rate of stepping it up has to be higher than, like, the armors can go. Yeah. You just gotta blow him up before he can think about it. Yeah. And, like... Actually, that's a pretty good parallel to another fight later in the series, which we'll talk about some other day. But yeah, uh, so after this, uh, the girls wake up and they start taking Botan's shortcut to go to the uh, you know arena because they're like, oh yeah, we gotta go see the match. And this is the point where Shizuru is drinking the energy drink. I'm so ahead today. Like. Yeah, I mean, no worries, no worries. But uh, so back in the cave, Yusuke is about to pass out from pain, like as as is custom at by this point. And so we switch back to the fight, and uh, Kuro uh, baits Hie into using the dragon. Uh, and Kurama basically says that would tremendous, that'd be tremendously unwise. And like, but Hie in the U.S. version, continuing his awesome lines, responds with, "Who am I to deny a fan's request?" <laughs> oh my god, he's such a ham. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, I just said yeah. Okay, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Hie, like, you know, the Jigan starts glowing, and then he uses. Fist of the Mortal Flame, mm-hmm. which is another lesser attack, uh, Jao and Satsu Rengoku show. I think this is the only time he uses this in the series. Right. Either that or he might use it in a later fight, but, like, doesn't say the name. It's Actually, casual. I think that might be the case. Like, yeah. there's a point where he's, like, punching someone that I remember his hands kind of glowing. Yeah. So, that might be it. Um, but Kuro survives this and then uses another sphere to turn into his next form, which is, in the U.S. version, the Phoenix Armor, while in the Japanese version, the Demon Pheasant guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. did we... Did they... You guys explain why he, uh... He couldn't. He did, couldn't use his dragon though, because I think yeah, he nailed he's, it. he's at too low of an energy thing, so yeah, the, the like, dragon will just consume him. Right. Yeah, it was only like sixty percent of his power. Yep. Yeah, and like his sword is useless now because he got his sword back, and then he tried to cut a, the guy, and then like the monkey armor was so sharp that it broke his sword. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The sword just shattered on the monkey's skin. It's a, yeah. it's a bummer. I really, I was really hoping that sword would survive. So I say I guess it won't be relevant again. That sucks. The reason the reason I yelped earlier is because we were scrolling down on our notes and someone put a picture of like the actual manga where he slices off his hand. Oh. I didn't realize he sliced off like yeah, four finger fingers. fingers. I thought it was just two thing. That's like he would only be left with a thumb if he didn't regenerate. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the most important finger, but still. <laughs> Patrick just said at least he could still do this, and then did a thumbs up. With me. <laughs> Um, oh it's God. probably gonna be like this. It's like, like a pretend, a pretend you can see up. this, guys. Perpetual thumbs up is like hey, you give me a thumbs up. No, I just don't. Ha- I'm trying to do my shoot, shoot thing at you, but I'm missing too much fingers. God. So actually, that's a, I have a friend who actually has exactly that oh, size fuck. of finger. Oh, 
Wait, oh, what? Wait, what? Like he, his, uh, he lost his fingers oh. through his, like the tips of his fingers in the exact same place where oh. this mong is. He lost him, not like by cutting him off. I figured he like... didn't take a sword to them. Yeah, <laughs> he, he wasn't crazy. He just, uh, I think he had an infection of some sort, oh. like a blood infection. That oh, sucks. No. That's oh yeah, and he just lost peripheral he, circulation. He, for yeah, he lost all his fingers oh. essentially and his toes. That's terrible, uh, man. That's fun, balls. Fun fact, but uh, he he functions normally now. So that's like, cool. awesome. There's <laughs> good for him. So. So, uh, yeah, the characters were introduced to this episode. Kuro Momotaro, uh, based on Momotaro, the Peach Boy. Classical fairy tale uh, about a dude who is described as kind-hearted, altruistic, and very friendly. And thus, Kuro Momotaro is his exact opposite. Uh, so, according to the present form of the tale, which dates to the Edo period, Momotaro came to Earth inside a giant peach, which was found floating down a river by an old, childless woman who was washing clothes there. Uh, the woman and her husband discovered the child. Like Moses. Yeah. Well, no. So funny story. Oh. Uh, no, not actually based on Moses. Oh, That's not where I'm like going with weird. this. But uh, Joseph Campbell, the uh, he's a mythologist. Like he talks about comparative mythology mm-hmm. of places that are totally unrelated, having right. similar myths, and like how this might have to do with like human sociology and right. like human uh, culture that right. transcends like you know geographic boundaries and more to do with like the way we think and the way we organize society has listed, like, the baby in a basket going down a river as, like, a universal human myth that, like, mm-hmm. Moses is just the most famous form of. Like, it occurs in a lot of other mythologies, and it's too. Ba- it's the same way, right? A childless woman yeah. is by yeah. a river for exactly. some reason and finds a baby yeah. that she takes in as her own, and then it becomes some this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is another instance of it. It kind of makes you wonder if humans are, are more close than we, we think we are. So, wow. I mean, Joseph Campbell's argument was always uh, that, basically, that there's enough universality to the human experience that like many of our tales are similar but that like people and cultures are still different like and so that like there are aspects that transcend there are aspects of human nature that transcend distance and like even if we were just take a bunch of people wipe their memories and put them on another planet that was habitable and somehow they survived they'd still come up with many of the same myths as us mm-hmm. like that like there are same lines of thinking the same lines of thinking yeah. like it's like stuff that would be not pre-programmed but would be likely to occur over time and, like, that's his thesis. I gotcha. It makes me think of the the Tower of... What was it? Tower of Babel? Babel. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that, that maybe that was true after... Well, I mean, not, not the fact that it really happened. I meant just the, the idea that we all spoke one language and we all broke oh. off. Because broke off after years of isolation. This is... That's different. another this discussion. Is, it's completely... I think what Joe was saying with Joseph Campbell, if I'm... Like thinking, they never were connected at any point in time. Well, but like, they were this... connected, but it was before the formation of any culture that would actually produce the myths. Well, I was think I was thinking of like because you know how Earth was once one continent was Pangea? it Pangea? Yeah, yeah. How that sort of happened, and yeah, where the that that and I guess going into that theory, just the idea that we were once interconnected and we split off, and then years of isolation like bastardized the stories so and changed it over years um that's a possible way of looking at it but like i think kind of like what megan was saying joseph campbell's idea is that it's actually biological and that it had less to do with us having like a shared memory of the same stories and more to do with just like our like experiences and like our ways of thinking it's are like similar two enough. people create like the snuggie but have never heard of each other they just had the same idea yeah. in okay. separate parts of the world. Because their circumstance and their yeah. human nature kind of led to them having similar ideas. And yeah. yeah. Just yeah. just like how math is like is there's people that that, that base math is on completely different like on the other sides of the world and it's still similar. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's stuff like that. Yeah. It's really interesting stuff. We need to rename this human nature cast. <sighs> no, let's not do that. 
I have a feeling there's a couple uh, podcasts devoted to something like that. Tell but, them that it's human nature. Yeah, so the childless woman uh, picks up the, the boy, and uh, the child explained that he was sent by heaven to be their son. Uh, the couple named him Momotaro for Momo Peach and Taro, eldest son of the family. Uh, years later, Momotaro uh, left his parents to fight a band of mara- marauding oni. Uh, on a distant island, en route, uh, Momotaro met and befriended a talking dog, monkey, and pheasant, feeding them millet dumplings, uh, who agreed to help him in his quest. At the island, Momotaro and his animal friends fought the fought the demons, etc. And that's kind of how you get this dude. Weird, interesting fact, Momotaro was used a lot in World War II propaganda in Japan, where the island of demons was the U.S. Oh. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean... Makes sense. Like, there was a lot of bad U.S. propaganda as well. It was okay. less, like, racial in nature, but... Like, well, no, actually, no. no. It was very Actually, racial. what am I talking about? Very yeah. racist. The U.S. The US uh, propaganda against the Nazis was less racial in nature because they wanted to contrast themselves with the Nazis. Right. But then they're like, with Japan, we can be as racist as we fucking want. Anyways, you hawk a show. Do we want to go to the next episode or do we want to take a break? Because, like, we yeah. don't have a ton of time because you have to leave it too, right? Yeah, I need and, pee, though. Oh, okay, let's take a break. <laughs> Um, many faces, many forms, or in the Japanese version, tremble. Kuro Momotaro's transformation. So basically what happens in this episode is that Kuro Momotaro then transforms with bird-like qualities, or pheasant-like qualities. Um, Hiei attacks um, are proven ineffective. Kuro Momotaro later transforms with wolfish or dogish qualities. Capabilities. Doggy. Doggy, Doggy, Doggy capabilities. Doggy capabilities. Oh no. <laughs> Forcing Hiei to use his powers in an unorthodox fashion by channeling the dragon of the darkness flame through his sword in order to dispatch Kuromomotaro. Kurama is to fight the unwitting Ura Urashima. Always that always trips me. As it is the rose whip versus the fishing pole whip in which a telepathic conversation between the two leads to the deception of the former. Ooh. And Kurama is introduced to the Idun box. I just say, I, I mean, yes. Iden. So before we start the episode, Iden. I mentioned that, like, it's based off Norse mythology where the person's name is Idun. But, like, in the show, it's pronounced Idun, so don't worry. Okay. Idun. The Udun. Um, basically... Mm-hmm. Reverting Kurama to his demon form, Yoko Kurama, yeah. as the ring is covered in fog. <laughs> 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 oh, Yoko Kurama. Yeah, we're... 14,000. <laughs> he's, he's actually an adult, okay? His yeah. voice changes significantly. Yeah, he's like, like 1,000 fucking really years old. He's younger, though, so does it really... I mean, he get, gets younger, so that's not... It's like worse. He gets he gets younger to be older. Yeah, <laughs> he goes this way. Like. It's like ultra illegal. <laughs> He's at that negative a thousand. Now it's illegal for you. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I'm twenty four. How old? Am I? What did you guys think of this episode? Uh, it's a pretty awesome episode. I love that this is the debut of Yoko. Yeah. I also like that like they explicitly show what people conceive Yoko to look like, and then what he actually looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah, because I think um, we've had, like, snippets of, like, going into Karama's past. And, like, I think Yohasha said the precedent of having hot, 
white-haired mm-hmm. men with fox ears. He's so. a man. He's a man. <laughs> he doesn't have a woman voicing him in the background. No. Wait, what, what, what presidents? Because I'm pretty sure this said the presidents for like, oh, and now it's a dog. Oh, okay. Uh, Inuyasha. Yeah, no, that's what a wolf. I was going to say, that's the, okay. sec- the second hottest wolf character. <laughs> Oh, it's a, uh, it's, a fur, it's a it's an introduction no. to furries. For yes, because there's another there's like for people isn't there like another fox? I forgot the name of that Naruto? shoujo. It, no, the shoujo oh. anime. Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but there's like a silver-haired fox. Doc, is it male? Is it male? It's a male. Yeah. And no Koopa. Anyway, but yeah, I think in my opinion, in my what I remember, I think. Yoko Kurama is like the OG for me. For me. For me. If you guys think otherwise, okay. Oh, no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't countering that. Just more like, oh, yeah. how many other kitsune are there as opposed to dog creatures? That's true, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but I What's like... What's better, kitsune or dog creatures? Kitsune. Kitsune. I'm on team kitsune, too. <laughs> yeah, but I really like this episode. I think the whole battle with, like, Ura... Urashima was, like, kind of... It was, like... Kind of more lighthearted in some aspects because he's kind of hammy in a lot of ways. He also sucks. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he like, he like played, he like played Kurama. It's like, it's like, oh, I want to die. Please help me. He's like, LOL, just kidding. You're dead. Yeah. Oh, but he was so corny though. It was so oh. corny. And I know it was meant to be corny. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be over the yeah, top. Yeah. Both the like... English and Japanese are corny for this super different so reasons. Corny. Hey, Joe, yeah. do you want me, you want me to annoy you real quick? Uh, is this a reference to Joe? Go for it. Elise. It's related, but not super, super related. But yeah. Um, so, Koenma basically, in like one of the comic relief scenes, asked like Ogre if he has any like counters for the steaming spirit orbs because he knows about what happened to the ogres historically. And Ogre looks very serious for a while. He's like, I have no clue. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought there would be a little bit more of a connection. Like, man, like, we're going to learn about George's backstory. Because everyone gets a little bit of, like, yeah. characterization. Except for George. Except for George. No, nothing. Uh, but, yeah, it, I, I I like this episode a lot. I thought it was, like, a good change of pace. Like, I feel like Karama's battles are always interesting because I feel like either he gets underestimated or he underestimates his opponents and then it just ends up becoming a lot more complicated than I think he anticipates it have. He anticipates it to be. So, it's it's always fun. He always gets stabby-stabby in, like, the stomach in particular, I've noticed. Oh, oh yeah. Like, stabby-stabby. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering how Kurama's, like, intestines and stuff are, like, organized, because he seems to survive this a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, do you just have a couple of voids that you just make people target? Is that what's going on? Honestly, like, I, I question a lot of things, especially, like, whenever a blast goes through someone's stomach, mm-hmm. they show the whole thing, like, a hole going through, and then afterwards, it's like, oh, it's some little scorch marks. So, <laughs> they, they handle that once in the show during a fight during the third season where that happens to Yusuke he's like I did something to make it not a problem and it's like <laughs> something I'm gonna tell you what yeah, that's legit the only time where they're like that's why and then other times they're just like it's gone it's gone it's fine <laughs> it was just a scratch don't worry a flush wound just I guess, brush it off yeah I guess the time that Hiei got fucking stabbed through the stomach yeah. and they like didn't explain what happened there that one was kind of cool because then like you're like wait that's weird why would Hiei be regenerated by, by being stabbed by right. someone who was on fire mm-hmm. <laughs> on fire <laughs> Weird. Um, but yeah, so we go back to the vomit blood cave, 
and uh, where where uh, that's its new name now. Yeah, they, uh, they, they officially changed it after they came in there. And there's vomit, blood all over the place. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in the Japanese version, Genkai is just looking at Yusuke and doesn't say anything, but just remembers warning him about the shit. But in the U.S. versions, he says, "I made the first mistake by giving it to you too soon, and you made the second mistake by not letting me take it back." Oh no! God damn it! I hate everything. Joe, I don't know what's with all these windows in the show, but it's got to like calm down like fast. <laughs> so in the Japanese version, Joe, Jesus. In the Japanese version, Genkai then all, says, all, all "Yusuke, votes, you're." Oh, sorry. All votes kick Joe off the podcast. God damn it! <laughs> in the Japanese version, uh, Genkai says, "Yusuke, you're not alone," and then she walks out of the cave. Like, now you are. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like Jack and Titanic. Yeah. Jack will never leave you, bitch. I need to survive. <laughs> Down the ocean you go. Yeah. I just like the idea of him, him just yelling constantly in a cave. <laughs> and she's like watching him like, like man, I hope he pulls through. It's like, ah, bleeding. Please stop. <laughs> you know God. what the craziest part of the Jack thing is? You know what's sad about that? Oh, have you <laughs> seen Titanic? Have you seen the thing where people measure the size of the door and how they both could have fit on it? Yeah. But then someone's like, well, what about the buoyancy? And then someone did a calculation of the type of wood it was. Yeah, no. And I was just like, I hate all of you. <laughs> I think that for me, the saddest part was just like, I don't even know if he existed. He wasn't on the registry. So, like, he has no family. Like, he, he was erased from time other than in her love life. <laughs> to be fair, I actually, I actually remember hearing about that. And, I, and my thought was, well, they're probably suffering from hypothermia, so they're probably not thinking straight. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, those waters are cold as shit. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I know, but, like, survival would kick in and be like, bitch, get off the... I never, <laughs> I never, uh, I never watched it. Did she get knocked up by him? No. No, okay. she didn't. So, basically, what had happened was, they had a little romance. He's supposed to be, like, 18 or something. She's supposed to be, like, mid-20s, You sure he's right? not supposed to be 14? He's supposed to be 14. I don't know. We don't remember happening as a child. Whatever. It's a different, completely different story than we all remember it. Uh, uh, and then she goes on to live a full life, has kids with some random other dude, but not the guy. Keeps the rock in her hand, or... She keeps the rock, right? Nah, she throws it away. Yeah, she, she throws it away. She's an old lady. Yeah, because then Britney the Spears yeah. gets it at the end of that video. <laughs> I did it again. I played with your heart. This is what you come to the U-Hawk show for. Right? Like Titanic reference. Uh, but yeah, so Kuro then transforms into the uh, demon dog guys, aka the wolf form, and uh, he's turned more and more into a freaked out furry. Yeah, no, he's he's actually pretty creepy looking. I kind of see why they went with wolf for the U.S. version because you don't associate dogs having that formation of teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was pretty fucking scary as hell. But uh, he like accidentally hits his sword with his foot and then kind of says, "Oh, what the fuck? I guess I'll use this technique, which I find to be devoid of any taste or artistry." <laughs> He just remembered it. Thus far. He's like, oh yeah, I have this technique. How did I completely forgot about it? No, I think I think Kubar even says, like, oh, there's a technique too gross for Hiei? Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, Kuro decides to just, like, finish it by jump attacking Hiei and bites his neck, and blood just shoots everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you're like, oh, what the fuck happened? But then, like, you see, like, they're just kind of stuck there, and Hiei has a shocked look on his face, and Kuro's not moving, and then all of a sudden, a giant pillar of fire comes out of the back of Kuro Momotaro. And, you're and like, like, in his biparts, like, melt down. Oh, like, yeah. It, it falls to the ground. Yeah, like, he, he just, like, kind of turns to ash. Like, he doesn't even turn to ash. Like, the ash gets vaporized. Like, he goes through complete combustion. Um, and basically, it's revealed that uh, Hiei decided to channel the Dragon of the Darkness Flame through his sword to make the Sword of the Darkness Flame uh, Jao and Satsuken and uh, just do effectively the Spirit Sword and this uh, this is not lost on Kobara, who, <laughs> after thinking it's really cool, is like, wait, 
Fuck you! <laughs> Man, Hiei's got a way better sword than Kurobara ever can conjure up. Except Hiei can't use it for long because it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. I mean, when you have something that big, I mean, it takes a lot of stamina out of you. But can he make it get long? <laughs> oh, get long! Get long! Extend! It's, it's not about the size, it's about how the girth and the power of that sword. No, it's about how it's used, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I have to say, the, that's why Kubara's double sword style, you know, Reiken Nito Ryu is Damn. the ultimate. He's got two of them? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's unnatural. But, but yeah, but, um, double sword, dude. <laughs> but, uh... I thought that the slices were really, really it, like, the sounds are really satisfying with like, the way it was sliced, like, whoosh, 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 into, like, a star formation thing. It was, when, it was pretty when sick. When PA does it, I was like, whoa, that's, that was a bit satisfying, like, the sound of it, and... Should be a red bubble t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Let, me topic. Some, let me go get some designs. It, it definitely is, somewhere. <laughs> but it's just, like, the cut from the thing. That actually would be pretty cool. Honestly, I'm sure if they have the, uh, what's her name from Fulmanagmas, the girl with the dog... They did that, but with the... Oh, the fusion thing? Oh, God. When you said girl with the dog, I took, like, the most innocent form. I was like, oh, you mean, like, how they have that dog with the auto male leg? And, like, it's super hopeful? And then I realized what you meant, and I'm like... They already have shirts like that at anime conventions with the dog. Let's not make it some more, because it's always sad to see that. (laughs) My favorite one is the Instagram filter with her with the dog ears and the nose. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that's pretty much the end of that fight. <laughs> that's just it. <laughs> it's done. That's the end of my will. <laughs> so yeah, what did you guys think about like the least like that final those final seconds, <laughs> those final minutes? Pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that was really good. I, I liked how I always like the. I was like, he has fights where it's like, oh, something happens and they have to explain what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is too quick for all of us. <laughs> no, Seriously. The like, every fight, like, when he fought that one guy and, like, destroyed him, it's like, oh, well, he actually did this technique that slowed the thing down. And Wait, which which fight are you The, the one with the cat, cat, Maze Castle fight? Yeah. Oh, yes, are you? Yeah. He's just so fast. Yeah, no, I, so I do. Fast. If you were to make art, like, I guess blueprints for each of the main characters' fights, Krama, it's like... Yeah, he scopes them out for a while, and then one of them underestimates the other. Something happens, but then there's a surprise. Kurama has extra powers you didn't know about. Maybe brought a different vegetable this time, and like <laughs> shit goes down. Yeah, he brought a zucchini. Now the other dude's been stabbed. Uh, or like a Kurobara one would be like, he gets beat up until either his will or Yukina shows up, and then he wins. Or or he loses, but it's a moral victory. And then like Yusuke, it's like, oh, he goes through some tough shit, and someone has to coax more power out of him, and then you learn something about his character and about being a human being, and then he wins! And I'm trying to think. Oh, the Hiei one, it's like, it's a curb stomp battle, and you only find out what happens afterwards. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to watch the rest of the series, guys. You're <laughs> that's it. You, you we pretty much should describe the next battle that's coming up with Karama. Oh, <laughs> what about Genkai's battles? I mean, and later in the series... You know, we can't talk about those yet. We'll get to You'll more in depth of those, I mean, sure. they must have some really intense stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? All right, next, anyway. Karama versus uh, Urashima. Mm. So, like, I do remember this. I don't remember the corny ass dialogue. So he's he's fighting what like a little boy with a fish yeah, coat, like, right? Yeah, but he but he's fighting like uh, he reminds me of something like with the like his true form or what he looks like. Oh, well, I guess like 
it reminds me like either like a, of an American cartoon or another uh, Japanese cartoon. Like definitely a gag character. Uh, I always thought because when I was reading the manga with this battle, I thought like this looks like a Yusuke parody with or Urashima. And then, like, Yurameshi. I can see that. Yeah. So that's what I thought. It's like his little... Slick back hair. His big head on his little body. And then I definitely remember thinking, like, oh, his voice is so annoying, but it's so familiar. Who is it? Oh, it's Vikmanyana. Yeah. <laughs> Where to? In the English dub, it's Vikmanyana. That's oh, but who really. else does he Who else does he do? Uh, Oran Hosko. was his best role, and then... Does he do oh, yeah. from Oran Hosko? Yep. Oh, yeah. He was good. I liked him in that role, too. He does every character. Do you want to know... He does so many characters. Do you want to know something really weird about who else he plays? He plays someone else in the show that I forgot about. Who? Oh. Who doesn't sound anything like him. Really? He's Bui. <gasps> oh, Whoa. wow. Yeah, there's some range on this dude, because yeah. Bui does not at all sound like this, which we'll find ah. out more later, because I, th- I don't think to this point Patrick's heard Bui's voice. No. But yeah. Did I ever tell you about my Vic Manana weird site, uh, events at Comic-Con? Did did something weird happen between you two? Are you a 13-year-old no, girl? No, a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm well. that he's a, he, he seems like a nice dude, but like, there's a weird crush scenario with a lot of girls... When I was a kid, yeah, yeah, and him who was a fifty-year-old man, yeah, but he was nice was. enough not to like be weird. You know what I mean? Is yeah. that nice or just being not a shit person? I think it's, well, it's, it's not called a not shit being person. a shit person. Um, if you're a fan of him, please don't get too offended by what we say. I love him. <laughs> like, I like, I like, he got a lot of shit for a while for using the same voice, but I feel like he does have like a really good range. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. He's really, he's really into Christian Christianity, though. He's have, like he actually was selling a religious album at Comic Con. Yeah. But, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Interesting. But, but yeah. Anyways, the weird story was every time I go to Comic Con, we always go to a panel, and somehow every year we'd always end up in Vic's panel one way or another. <laughs> Whether it was we went to the wrong room, we went beforehand, and we saw him. It was like constantly to the point where like it was like five years in a row he was coming, and every time we'd somehow end up going to his panel inadvertently, and we didn't even know where he was from. You're just drawn to him. (laughs) It's like how I've seen the rapper common a bunch of times by accident. (gasps) How is that? How is that? I used to live in Chicago, so it wasn't hard to accidentally just like be like, "Oh, I'm at a festival. Oh, it's It's common again. I love common, but I was just like, I've been to three of your concerts by accident, (laughs) (laughs) never on purpose or something. Well, no. I've I've been to his concerts on purpose, but like I think I've been to more accidental concerts of his. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It, it was kind of weird, but yeah, Vic's a cool dude and doesn't afraid of anything. Nice. Uh, but this part is so corny. When U- we're gonna call him Ura, is that just easier? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like Ura and like Kurama start fighting and stuff, but like he's psycho like psychopathic psycho- what is psych- psychologically what is it he's called? Psych- telepathically. telepathically. Psychologically. Psychological. <laughs> psychologically. Psycho, you know. Yeah, if there's a, a decent psycho. amount of like psychological warfare that's going on between them. Is. No, but it was such a it was so like like a roll your eyes type of trope, right? Yeah. Like this happens a lot with like the good hearted characters where there's yeah. like, please don't kill me. I'm really not that bad. I'm mm-hmm. under control. Like it happened earlier in this arc t- or in this yeah arc two with a uh, Ichigaki. Ichigaki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's ever less like direct. It was like a, a condensed version. Yeah, but it's all starry and like corny. It's like please help me. Like I'll I'll trip and then you can. Kill me. He's like, I won't kill you. It's like, oh, great. Like, God, Thanks. this can only Thanks, go... <laughs> this can only go one way. Like, I'm almost fucked right now. 
Yeah, in the in the U.S. version, I think uh, Uro Reshima says something to the effect of like, oh, I joined them to help my grandma." <laughs> and like, does it sound a little less like? It's, conspicuous or, or like more conspicuous? Uh, I forget. Or, or inconspicuous? I, I think like the three of them came and said they could help my sick grandmother, so I went with them. <laughs> like it's something like that. Um, Definitely just the Ichigaki plot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Ichigaki He's plot. Like probably like taking notes, like, hmm, this is great. Like, I'm, I'm gonna use this. Yeah. What's my, my martial story? arts master grandmother? I mean, my grandmother. <laughs> Um, but in the Japanese one, they say something that, like, I know is what they meant, but, like, is said in a way that I'm like, I feel this was, like, slightly mistranslated. But it's like, we were born of bad thoughts towards ignoring inconsistencies in fairy tales. And I'm like, what, what? the fuck did you <laughs> just say? Fairy. Yeah, it's like, I get it, but, like, what? We hate immunity, but now I want to die, so please kill me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the interesting thing about that, this whole entire, like this tactic is it would not work on literally anybody else other than this team. You and, know what I mean? Like, the rest only, are demons. Like, who the fuck? Well, I think I think the implication being that, like, all these guys are strong enough to have, like, gotten through the tournament without, like, oh, you know... Because, okay. like, if you look at, like, Onji, uh, Shishiwakamaru, uh, Kuro Momotaro, they can all just, like, hold their own in a fight. And Makintaro mm-hmm. against, like, weaker guys. Yeah. But, like, Uro Arashima, like, straight up Onji says, like, Oh yeah, it's good that they're fighting because he's the best, this one best suited for Kurama. Mm-hmm. I think both like the manipulation angle and also the item that he has. Right. He's just like, know. oh yeah, Kurama's so dangerous. Yeah, because they don't know what's up with Kurama. Like, they're like, Kurama's so dangerous, we need to use something that hits all points in the ring at the same time. Right. And cannot be reversed. Interesting. Um, and like, they, it was a, it was also a, a trick that like, it's just like, well, we can't have shown this before or else it will be really obvious. Right. So, like, probably my thought is that Uro Reshima has not fought to this point or if he fought, it was, like, very weak dudes that he just hit with his fucking fishing pole. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. You're done. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, Kurama, as we said, goes for the, the bait. Uh, and, like, Uro... Literally. Who, yeah, goddammit. Uro, who fell over, suddenly, like, nothing personal kids Kurama <laughs> and wraps him up in a fishing line and then, like, slices him... Like, this is... Why is he using a fishing pole? I know that's part of the traditional character, but frankly, if he'd used any more dangerous weapon, this would have killed Kurama. Right. But he's just like, yeah, you got scraped a couple times by this fishing hook. Ha-ha, bitch! Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's, got, it's got special stuff in it to make it hurt more. Well, I feel like it's probably he needed to keep up that image of the, the, being weak. Yeah. Like, the fishing pole, it's like, oh, look at this, uh, look at this, uh... Little country boy. He he doesn't mean any harm. Yeah. He's not like a harpoon. Like, you know he's going to go in for the kill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, you know, me, just a country fisherman. Holds a harpoon above his head. Like, that's, that's weird. We huh. have whales. It's fine. Yeah, in the country, you know, streams. Stream whales. Um, strails. Strails, if you will. But, uh, so... Basically, it's revealed like, oh, I got this fucking box. And in the U.S. version, he pulls it out. It's called the uh, Idun box. Uh, Idun or Iduna is the Norse goddess of youth. I kind of get why they made this as opposed to just like re- referring to the Japanese fairy tale because like there'd be a lot to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is weird that they went with North miso- Norse mythology as opposed to just a more direct like the time box or <laughs> yeah. like the youth box or young box. Or yeah, and the young box. Yeah, you know, new rapper. My, my new yeah, my new rapper, young box. YMG box. Yeah, god damn it. Um, but so uh, in the Japanese version, it's the Gyaku Tama Tebako, uh, 
uh, reverse jewel handbox, which is in reference to the myth that he's based on, which we'll talk about later. But uh, basically, it's it turns out the entire ring has been surrounded by this barrier, this uh, Kakai barrier, and uh, like it seals this smoke that the box releases into the arena, and they start reversing in age. Uh, and Kurama starts remembering more and more of his early memories. They show, like, you know, him with his mom. He's like, yeah, I want to I'm wearing overalls and I just want to pick the fruit. It's like shit like that. Um, <laughs> they had a voice just like that. It was, it was kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting because it's like, it, you're, uh, Urshima isn't being affected by it. He's perpetually the same, like, little shorty, but he doesn't I, I think they said younger. that whoever uses the box doesn't get affected. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, and, like, uh, they... I think they even have, like, his mom being like, oh, today's your first day of school, Suichi. You know, they're referring to him as Suichi the whole time. And I like, forgot I that was... I honestly forgot he had a different name. Yeah. I love you, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, then they're like, uh, I think... Uh, Either Onji or uh, Ura Arashima says, like, oh, yeah, his spirit energy is, like, getting weaker and weaker. But then they're like, why did it disappear? Because uh, the way this works is it doesn't, like, reverse you back, like, time necessarily. It reverses you back, like, a percentage of your age. Mm-hmm. So you should still technically be... You can't go back to being a zygote. But guess what? Uh, Kurama has a little bit of a special situation. Because uh, he's had another life that he's lived without going to the afterworld. And so he uh, gets turned back into his form, like, from before he was reborn, and he is now uh, Yokukurama, shows up, freaks the fuck out of everyone, like, people are just sensing, like, without saying much, they're sensing B-class energy shooting out of the ring, which they hadn't been sensing to that point, they're like, what the fuck? Is that only in the the dub they do that? Because I haven't heard anything about any class. No, they didn't mention mention it being B-class, but, like, people are just like, that's incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, and, like, it's very clear that, like, Uroreshima is about to be destroyed because he is not anywhere near that level. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't, like, research it a little bit before, you know, doing it. What do you... Like, I mean, didn't they, didn't they realize Kurama... So people maybe... don't... People... It's outside of Spirit... Like, outside of, like, uh, Kuenma and, like, that crew. Mm-hmm. No one knows... Like, people know that Kurama is a reborn demon. Mm-hmm. They do... Like, and that's why they're like, oh, yeah, they're traitors. They do not know who he is. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's yeah. like a random demon versus, like, this is Yoko Kurama, yeah, guys. Like, Kurama's, like, a common enough name that, like... It, or at least we can assume it's Yeah, it's a common enough name that they yeah. wouldn't connect it. And, like, also... I mean, like, if someone maybe did enough research, they could figure it out. They're like, this guy showed up around the same time that that dude died. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has nature powers. Uh, He's a resurrected demon. Oh, shit. I mean, his name is Kurama. Kurama. He's not really hiding. Well, I guess, like, I'm I'm surprised they didn't keep up the Suichi Minamino thing more. Yeah. Uh, I think he did kind of want to obscure his his human identity from Mm -hmm. his demon identity. That's 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 my thinking, at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm surprised they didn't bring it to the tournament, and it's like, yeah, and this resurrected demon. Suichi. (laughs) (laughs) So, the episode pretty much ends with just, finally, you see uh, the smoke kind of dissipates enough where you... Or at least from where we can see inside um, the little dome um, that we see, like, this tall, like, huge, tall um, fox demon guy. And it turns out to be Kurama. Mm-hmm. He's very, very, very pretty. He's very, very oh, pretty. Oh, my gosh. He, he is the OG silvered yes. hair with, like, dog or, I guess, fox ears. Um 
demon that he's like he's like OG Bay. Yeah, <laughs> OG Bay. <laughs> I think I th- I'm pretty sure this was the reason. Like I got into Karama. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say he's a furry. So I was like, okay. Uh, well, I'm like, it's no, not no. that deep. <laughs> Speaking of furries. I think I told you I grew up in front of a strip club named the Candy Cat 2. No. You never told us Okay, that. so I grew up in front of a strip club. Not in front. Like, I wasn't, like, outside the strip club with my parents. No, but, like, it's in my neighbor, the yeah. neighborhood strip club was called Candy Cat 2. It was right around the corner of my house. strip club. Um, and, like, they didn't have, like, girls, girls, girls. It was, like, it seemed a lot more low-key. And I found, like, I Googled it. I was like, I wonder what the... Because I remember it was a picture of a cat. Kind of sensual. <laughs> and I was like, because oh, I thought it was a candy store. How old were you? Uh, I was uh, from four to eight or no, nine. How old were you when you like did this Googling? Today. <laughs> Wait, what's, the, what's, <laughs> what's the image of? I don't want to see this. I'll show you it. I'll show you it. But it's it's the storefront and it's just like a cat in like a sexy lingerie. Uh, but like as a kid that didn't register to me, I don't know where the story's going, but furries. Uh yeah. Not into them. It's yeah. just fun facts. Apparently the strip club across the street for me was. And that's how Megan became a furry. And well, I am currently a furry. <laughs> she's actually wearing a uh, a cat suit right oh, now. Yeah. Alright. But anyway, sorry. You- Continue. <laughs> so yeah, this episode uh, we're kind of going to cover Team Orotogi now because like the nature of the team is sort of revealed at this point. Uh, so the members of the team all disguise themselves as parodies slash homages to Japanese folk tales and legends and possess items associated with the said legends. Uh, they claim to be de- demonic reincarnations of the characters, but are in fact just weaker demons enhanced by Suzuki's weapons. Spoilers, but like that's we'll find out who Suzuki is later. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that a car? Well, yeah, but it's also a name, too. The exception is Suzuki, who is trying to make his own story. Uh, coincidentally, Suzuki's dub name, Suzuka, is the name of a legendary figure in Japanese folktales, Suzaka uh, Gogen. Oh. Uh, what's interesting, though, is so in the dub, they made it Suzuka because, like, they didn't realize Suzuki was also... I mean, maybe they realized it was a name, but they're like, it won't flow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is they've redone the dub of the original. If you buy the uh, Blu-rays now, they're slightly different lines. And oh, one really? of the major differences is around his name, where they start saying Suzuki instead oh, of Suzuka. Okay. Yeah. Some of the other things, they add extra effects to like voices like Wheeze. Mm-hmm. Like, people who have like distinct voices, they're like, we'll make them sound real weird. Okay. Yeah. I think that maybe I... I don't know how accurate this is, but I thought I read somewhere they did it to avoid any, like, copyright issues with... For, like, the car? With the car. Uh, so, Ureshima is based on Ureshima Taro, uh, who was in the story Ureshima Taro and Princess of Harai by uh, Matsuki Hikichi mm-hmm. uh, from 1899. Uh, there's older versions of the story, but that's kind of the canonical one. It's a Japanese fairy tale uh, about a typical modern fisherman who is rewarded for rescuing a turtle and carried on back to the Dragon Palace, uh, which lies beneath the sea, where he is entertained by the Princess Otohime as a reward. He spends what he believes to be four or five days, but upon his return to his home village, he finds himself 300 years in the future. When he opens the box, uh, Tama Tebako, he was told never to open. He turns into an old man. Many oh. similar tales exist in other canons, such as Rip Van Winkle, etc., um, it's a cool story. Uh, my mom read this story to me and my brother as a kid, uh, as kids, and I always thought it was like really cool and like really scary. I don't know why I liked it so much as a kid because it scared the shit out of me. The idea of like just like turning into an old man and dying instantly. 
Yeah. Especially after being like, you did a good deed, here's your prize, yeah. and you can't even use it. That's always the weird part about it. Like, I think I think the people in the temple, or uh, the people in the palace are like, why don't you just stay with us? Don't go back to the surface. It's not going to go well for you. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to go back, see my peeps. And it's uh, like, they're dead. They're, they're fucking dead. dead. And now you're old. Yeah, now you're old. <laughs> That's really sad. Yeah, so I think it always, like, I think I liked it because it struck me as just, like, weirdly discordant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we are gonna go into episode 47, the legendary bandit Yoko Karama, or in the Japanese version, the legendary thief Yoko Karama. Oh yeah, they're pretty similar this time. (laughs) So what happens in this episode is we reveal what happens in Karama's recent past, and he grows a tree with an acidic saliva that to, that he uses to um, interrogate Yurashima to discover the secret of the Indun box. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Idun yeah. box, cool. Idun box, it doesn't Idun matter. Box. Um, Yurashima, he's about to spill the secrets, but is murdered by Shishi Wakamaru before he can say anything. Um clearing out the fog. Kubara is then chosen to fight against Ashishi after a game of Jokin. Um who in the meantime senses Yusuke in his um, ordeal, flies over to him and tries to take care of him by giving him water to ease his pain. Um, seeing Pooh struggle, Yusuke is touched and feels sorry about how he's letting him down. Um, Pooh is about to be smacked crushed by a boulder, um, and Yusuke, despite being in tremendous pain, gets up and rushes to save him, um, now with a new power and is able to destroy the rock in a big, huge energy explosion. Um, soon after, Yusuke is seen walking up to Genkai, and Genkai is relieved to see her apprentice alive and telling him that he has finally completed his training. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's some interesting notes with this episode. Like, there's some weird inconsistencies. In the U.S. version, they describe Karama as 300 years old, which is patently false based on things he remembers and things people remember about him and characters who are much too old to be lying about that shit. Saying, Mm -hmm. like, I remember him at this time approximately in, like, 1000 AD, shit like that. Yeah. Um, another thing that's weird is Kurama in this battle seems a lot weaker than he was in the past once you know how strong he was in the past, but that could have any number of reasons for it, such as sharing a human body or, like, the effects of the Idun box not being complete transformation, just, like, somewhat. But uh, it's it's of note and kind of interesting. It also could just be that he hadn't, like, really figured out exactly what he was going to do with the character. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, literally just in that form for what... A few minutes. Yeah. And... Maybe he's getting used to being in his body again, like getting his sea legs. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, oh, I can't do my crazy shit right now. <laughs> and as soon as the smoke feel, like clears up, which everyone can finally see, like, wow, I think someone says, like, where the hell did Karama go? Oh, it's him, because as soon as the fog clears up, you see, like, him transform from, like, the great, like, Yoko Karama foxy form into, like, just regular teenage redheaded Karama. Mm-hmm. So it's like, huh. And everyone's just like, oh, what do you, what do you know about that? <laughs> he was there the whole time. Yeah, I think it's funny when they first reveal him, like, Hiei has two distinct 
cool reactions, like, uh, you know, in the Japanese and English. The Japanese one, he basically says, oh, I wish I could fight him, you know, like, he, it seems really strong. While in the U.S. version, uh, someone asks if that's really Kurama, and Hiei says it's Kurama, all, like, down to the last drop. I'm like, yep, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I really like the, uh, the, the fog thing in Kurama's booth. Where it's like this enclosed thing and there's fog all over the place and he throws the water and it's, you know, he's barbecuing some sardines or something like that. <laughs> and yeah, you know, George is really worried that the fog has turned Quenma into a baby and then Quenma reminds him, <laughs> I am a baby. <laughs> and he flips him off with a knife. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome. That sounds more violent. Well, I guess it's pretty violent, but yeah. I actually don't know if it's intended to be flipping him off or it's just a... No, it's, it's flipping him off. Definitely flipping him it's off. It's flipping him off. Like that, <laughs> that's often done in anime where they like combine flipping off with some other motion. Partially, I think it's more like a Japanese thing than like an American thing of like, oh yeah, you're putting the things together for whatever for extra mm-hmm. emphasis. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you see you, like characters do that when they like do the like middle finger thing but with their eyes as well. Like, oh, you know, just yeah. like pulling down one eyelid. I actually never knew that. I thought that I thought that was just an American based thing. So I'm Western. I culture. think it's I think it's been used in other stuff, but like I'd have to review. But I think it's kind of a thing combining the middle finger thing with other stuff. But um, as mentioned earlier, uh, Kurama made a acid saliva plant thing, uh, the apparition eating plant, and uh, I <laughs> spoilers. We recorded a bit of this episode earlier, but it got lost. But it, earlier I asked, like, if people thought that, like, he had never used this plant before because either he forgot about it or, like, other reasons or if it was that he, Kurama in his human form doesn't have enough energy. And, like, uh, you know, we can talk about this, but, like, our conclusion earlier was he probably didn't have the enough energy to summon something this huge before. Because right. it's, like, a full-on tree size as opposed to his other stuff, which is vine size. Yeah. And so, like... And so he he tries to use this to inter- to get the secrets out of Hiroshima, but <laughs> Shishi Hakamar is like really he's on top of it. He kills um um Hiroshima before Hiroshima can really say anything. He basically he, he says a bit. He well, he gets he doesn't say anything right. about the item box. Yeah, nothing like no important secrets. Yeah, just kind of like. Oh, we lied. You were not these fairy tales turned into demons. We're all, like, posers. Yeah, we're just dudes. <laughs> we're just regular dudes, and we have all these, like, cool magical items. And it like, that's how um, the barrier around the ring gets broken, is because Shishi throws a sword um, to k- finish off Hiroshima before he can say anything, like, really important. Um, and... It kind of just, like, ends the fight there. Like, Kurama's obviously the winner, but it, did he really win? I mean, he did really win. To be but... fair, though, if he if he didn't kill him with that, he would just, like, raffle stomped him. That's true. Because <laughs> he's, like, OP at this point, broken, so it's not, like, it's not a contest at that point. He was going to kill him anyways. Just based off his reaction, he knew he was like, yeah, I'm dead. I think maybe at this point, Kurama is the strongest character anyone's seen because like technically Tuguro is stronger but he hasn't shown that form yet right. like he hasn't shown full 100 percent yeah he's only done like what i think he did 30? 60 i think he did 60, 60? At, oh. at some point but he was like that was overkill or some shit yeah um but yeah so like right now like yoko kurama is definitely the strongest character anyone's seen i couldn't imagine 100 percent straight Tuguro. that must be op as hell yeah it is and then other weird like weird side effects start happening that like you wouldn't predict from just a dude getting stronger you'll, you'll see what we mean his muscles grow muscles. You're not wrong. <laughs> you'll you'll see. 
he he has a pretty non-normal biology by the end of it. Uh, but yeah, so wonder where he gets his tear learning done at. Was oh. You mean where his pants can just stretch? I mean, his pants and his shirt. I mean, it must be, like, big and tall, big and tall. Yep, that real place. But, yeah, so uh, we cut to uh, Hiei basically saying to Yoko, like, you're as you should be, continuing Hiei's trend of being sort of like this, like, weird demon supremacist. (laughs) Uh, Everyone's favorite Vegeta style, like, I'm kind of a fascist. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so cut back to Vomit Cave where Genkai looks off wondering if she made the right choice about Yusuke. She's like, well, he's probably gonna fucking die, my son. Yeah. <laughs> my little baby boy. Oh well, time to get a new apprentice. We're gonna plan another tournament. Rando's still alive, I guess. Let's fish him out, I guess. <laughs> what about, what about, who I is? guess Kuwabara would have to be the fucking new Yeah, I, I, Technically, yeah. Who's the second runner-up? Or third runner-up? Third runner-up. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get back to the stadium, and there's a dice toss again, and now it's, like, supposed to be Shishi and versus Free, so aka Hiei is the one who wants to fight, but then, like, Shishi Wakamaru has, like, a huge fan club, which makes Kuwabara pretty jealous, and then he gets further baited by being called ugly, super mean. Yeah, he called he called them, like, a... Sloozies or something like that? Yeah. Sloozies. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like at this point, it's not just Kubar and he who are ready to like fight. Kurama also wants to fight too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, which causes like a huge argument between the three of them because he's like, you just want to fight him because you want to know the secret of the box. And then Kuwara's like, I need a chance to fight. I need to defend my honor. Like, all these floozy are calling me ugly. (laughs) And then he's like, I call dibs for all three fights. I'm the first, last, and only, bitch. Yeah. So it's all, so they try to settle it with a game of John Ken. Which they actually call in the U.S. version, which is a little bit weird, because before they just referred it to just rock, paper, scissor. Yeah. Which, of Koto, is is really opposed to, because she's a girl of consistency, and is like, we use dice for most of this round, we should continue to use dice. Mm-hmm. No one really listens to her, and they end up using, like, a game of rock, paper, scissors, which Hiei tries to self-moderate by using his Dragon Eye. Yeah, because Kuwabara was, like, trying to take advantage of him, saying, like, yeah, you're supposed to use rock, right? Or something yeah, he's like, like oh, beginners can only use rock. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, some crazy bullshit. Imagine and if he, he actually won with that role, too. That'd be, that Kuwabara would be the dumbest person on the planet at that point. Um, but, like, yeah, so he also, he also uses the Dragon to detect that, like, people were that Kubar waited a second to throw his thing in order to cheat. Shit like that. It's it's just like a vastly inappropriate use of such a powerful thing. <laughs> but, uh, so back to Vomit Cave. Uh, Yusuke is erupting with red energy and looks possessed. It goes into a first-person shot of Yusuke just, like, yelling, like, you know, it's hot, it's hot, Atsui, Atsui, shit like that, uh, beating the shit out of the cave. And then uh, Yusuke kind of collapses in pain, and his whole body goes gray, and I, he effectively is, like, hinting at, like, I'm dying. Oh, um, yeah. And then Pooh enters the cave, because previ- in a previous episode, he sort of, like, flew away from Keiko, uh, kind of instinctually to, like, save, you know, his, his other self. And he starts collecting water from the cave ceiling to uh, get water to Yusuke. And, uh, you know, Yusuke sees this, and he's like, oh, fuck, I... I'm I'm failing even my own inner self. This is terrible. 
Um, but so Pooh is, you know, repeatedly trying to hit a stalactite with his face in order to collect water. Yeah. But this eventually thing. starts a cave-in, sort of. Yeah. So sad. Um, one, one thing that kind of stood out with me with this whole scene, other than, like, the really sad part you know, Pooh carrying water and tripping was the music. And it's kind of, instead of the, like, depressing tears of sadness music that we're used to, it's actually, like, that more quaint, softer music that kind of is, like, the opening. Like, dun-dun-dun. Yeah, it's like an instrumental, instrumental version of um, the opening. Smile Bomb. Yeah. Smile Bomb. So I, it made it more heartfelt, in my opinion. Yeah, as opposed to using the same song Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. they wanted to put a little bit more of a hopeful twist to it. Like, mm-hmm. it isn't just, like... Because if they do, like, struggle with sadness, they'd be like, wow, he's really gonna, he's really gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> would, would they think that? Because I'm pretty sure that, like, no one's died while actually listening to this music. Everyone survives. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's true. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, I have to say, though, this really sad, really sad scene, it got, got me hyped when he actually went and said, like, when he said in the Japanese one, move pain, you're in my way, and tr- went and punched the fucking boulder to save him. He didn't yeah. punch him, man. He kicked it. Kicked it was he kicked it. It was even cooler, but like, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, so last time we recorded this, Hannah mentioned uh, that like there's a really cool color palette choice here where they show uh, Yusuke in orange and the cave in blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is like a common choice in... Uh, like uh, Well, it's it, not so much anymore because now it's a fucking trope. But back in the day, this was a common choice to show massive contrast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was at a time where digital imposition was harder, so they couldn't like show like an aura around Yusuke for this spirit absorption without paying ass loads of money. Yeah. Um, so this was like the cool choice. And it makes the scene look really fucking cool. It also shows Genkai in the same color as the environment, which, you know, you can see that as an oversight, but you can also see it as like she's no longer an actor in this. She mm-hmm. is... She's given her ability to influence things to her student. And, like, he's now the bright source of light in the room. Yeah. Because he literally does light up um, as, like, a boulder that that's coming from the the ceiling of the cave is about to crush Pooh. So he's just like, you know, I just got... I have to save him. So it... I think it's the act, that that act of, like, compassion, the act of self-sacrifice that pushes Yusuke to fully accept Genkai's power. Mm-hmm. And then it pretty much makes him, like, light up like a rainbow, and it's he's glowing everywhere. It's, it it's glows especially bright from where his heart is, which is like, ugh, hits you in the feels, why don't you? What, uh, what do you guys make of the colors that have been showing up in these scenes? Because, like... I think it's interesting, some colors that shot out of him previously seem to, like, hint at later shit, and some colors that are shooting out of him now seem to hint at some later shit. Right. Well, I know back with, like, the red aura, it definitely, I don't want to spoil or anything, but I think it's alarming kind of energy, something like is, like, something painful, painful, could rip him apart, literally, and then the rainbow one, which is kind of like rainbow color theory is used to be like a spiritual in a sense so it's kind of like oh it's like really oh yeah genkai's energy is really now something permeating permeating through him yeah um another thing that's interesting is there's a part later without spoiling like what it is like king yama said like they say like i started feeling something during Mm. the dark tournament yeah and i think this is actually what he's referring to is like the thing he's sensing is like this absorption and like what's going on right now that's cool yeah that's 
awesome. Yeah, all comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. So the episode starts to close as you finally see Yusuke. He's walked out of the cave. He is definitely all like scratched up. He's super fucked up. Super fucked up. But he's alive and he has Pooh in his arms who has effectively passed out. And he walks up to Genkai and he's like, hey, can you take care of Pooh for me? And Genkai's like, of course, anything um, for you. Because in the US version, she's she says, like, you really did surprise me, Yusuke. I was really worried my eagerness has killed my favorite dimwit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the Japanese version, uh, she says, Yusuke, sleep well, Yusuke. Your real battle begins when you awake. Man. <laughs> And Yusuke passes out on the ground. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how the episode wraps up. So, what did you guys think? I really like this episode a lot. I think it's, like, really inspiring. Um, I think it's really cool seeing, like, the resolution of the, you know, Kurama stuff and, like, kind of knowing a bit about him and such. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I guess, like, how about you guys? Yeah, I felt like it was definitely probably the most heartfelt episode so far in the dark tournament because i feel like so much of the whole season right now has been on high stakes with fighting and everything and there has been some emotional growth with like Kobar, for example or yeast k showing his love for fighting but it doesn't have that same sense of like hit you in the feels i guess and like it's kind of like seeing a dynamic more of like he's um, Kuwabara, Hiei, and Kurama together, just the three of them, like, fighting with each other is mm-hmm. kind of fun to see, like, I think in the previous one you mentioned, like, yeah, it's like, Yusuke's kind of like the glue to the three of them, so mm-hmm. seeing them interact together and, like, fighting, it's, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I thought too, I, I felt this was, like, a very emotional part of the... Like, I feel like it's not, it's not the emotional climax, but I feel like it's the start. Like, this is the point where it really feels like it's, we're gonna get really into, like, why this tournament is happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of, like, it feels almost like the end, the beginning of the end of things, at least it does for me, which makes it, like, super exciting. So I'm like, all right, let's get to the next part. I want to figure out what happens next. Oh, man. I um, I almost wish we had covered one more episode, but, like, I understand why for a lot of reasons we couldn't, because the final line of the next episode contrasts pretty well to the Japanese final line of this episode. Ah. The, like, the real battle is, like, when you wake up, because, like, Genkai says another line at the end of the next episode that's a direct parallel that's kind of spooky. I guess I'll have to do it in the next episode, in the yeah. next podcast session then. So how about you, Patrick? I was alright. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really out of it. Yeah. Um, this has gone on way longer than I thought it would be, and I'm fucking exhausted. Well, yeah, we're also recording on a different day than usual. Um, yeah. Well, kind of weird. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sarah, you want to show us out? Yeah. So... Thank you guys for listening in to the Yu Yu Hakusho. All your support means all three worlds to us, human, demon, and spirit. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just a chat um, at our Facebook at the Yu Yu Hakusho with two O's or at our Twitter, the Yu Yu Hakusho. Tune in for the next episode where we'll finally finish off the exciting saga of, te- of Team Yurameshi versus Team Yurto. Bye!
Yeah. 